Well, Mark, how's it going, buddy? Well, hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, I was watching this uh, this old TV show last night, right? Okay. And, um, you know, it's... I, you know, it's it's just kind of a funny, silly TV show, almost TV show about nothing, right? You got this guy, and he lives in this apartment in New York, and he he's got this this best friend that that looks like he's he's about fifty years old, maybe you know, eh, mid forties, but he's balding and he's short and fat, and he's got this like kind of hot girl that he used to date, but he's friends with now, and this like absolutely behemoth like crazy neighbor that lives across the hall, and. You know, this guy just comes on sliding in all the time. Just he's constantly interrupting things. And and this guy, for some reason, like the, the main character, he's he's got this job as a stand up comic. And like he, he seems to make all these observations and think they're the funniest things in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the whole premise of this show is that it's based off of these these like the skits and stuff that he does on um on his stand up stage and, and how he pulls him from his real life and. Like he just finds himself in all these crazy situations, stuff you'd never expect any any human to kind of get into. And and you know what, man? It's just a dang old show about nothing. And so I started watching it and just I I just I couldn't get into it. And you know what I did instead? What's that, buddy? I turned on King of the Hill. King of the Hill? That's uh that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. Yeah. But a uh, Mike Judge animation classic, right? It is, yeah, you know, it, and it was just, it was very nice and refreshing to see some just good, wholesome American guys working on their truck, you know, um, it, it's the silliest thing, right? Like, they're working on this Ford, and, and well, Mark, you know what Ford stands for, right? Fix it again, Tony. No, t- Mark, that's Fiat. It's a Fiat. Oh, No, right. no, no, no. Oh, anyway, yeah. anyway, you know, I think it might just be that that damn starter cable or starter motor or something like that, but... You know, I just I heard some pinging going on going around in my in the walls of my my apartment, and so I had to just go investigate. And lo and behold, I stumbled upon my lady, just just sitting there, just whipping that ball, <laughs> just whipping that ball back and forth, uh, listening to something called the Dangle Podcast, Mark. Oh, all your ladies listen to the Dangle Podcast. Well, that's your sweet over. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, for the last time to the Dangle Podcast. Uh, this year, retrospective rewatch of that Mike Judge animated classic, King of the Hill, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we are going to take the last episode of King of the Hill, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to discuss it, and then we're going to cry a little bit, because it's the end. This is the end, my friend. Uh... Future Mark cut in some doors there. My only end, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, before we get to this, we have some pressing business. Johnny, what is your special shot for this final episode here, buddy? Ah, uh, yes. Well, um, uh, I have got the last of my shooters from my Stork Club German Distillery Whiskey. This is Foolproof Rye. Ooh, Okay. And it smells foolproof. Let me fucking tell you that. <laughs> what about you, buddy? What, what's our what's our German shot of the day? That's no doubt going to be Lacritz and Krautor and buttery and black licorice and you're probably gonna fucking hate it. I think it's gonna be cherry e because it's a fecan. Oh, fecan. Okay, okay. It looks well, like it's kind of red or like Krauter. my 
pee after my kidneys have been acting up, but I'm reading this little warning here. Aktung, ner eiskalt trinken, which I'm taking to mean you should only drink this ice cold, and guess what? It's room temperature, yes. so whatever. <laughs> Prost on your buddy. Cheers to you and Prost. Here's to you, King of the Hill. <laughs> oh, God, that's so bad. My lady asked me, she said, you know, was it worth it? Was it worth buying the the, the five pack of trying new whiskeys and all that stuff? And I said, you know, unless this one really knocks my socks off, probably not. But, you know, it was an experiment to see if my tastes have changed. I've never been a big fan of rye whiskey and I haven't had a good one in about five years. I can confidently tell you, Mark, this was not a good investment. I probably would not continue on with them. Good to know. I gave them a shot. And it's nothing against them. I just, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a rye whiskey really ever in my life. All right, let's, let's All do right, this. Buddy. We, can't, well, we can't keep putting this off. Let's, um, let's do her, buddy. Let's jump right on in. All right, this is unofficially, but officially to us, episode 259, To Sirloin with Love. Original air date, September 13th, 2009. Mark, this has four separate writers, so please feel free to jump in and just tell me. I'll give you a name, and you can tell me where we last saw him. Uh, first off, Jim Dotrieve. Where did we see him? Um, last time we saw Jim Dotrieve was what happens at the National Propane Convention in Memphis stays at the National Propane Convention in Memphis, which got a Char King out of okay. me and a Butane out of you. All right. How about Gamma Lobo and May? Uh, Gamma Lobo and May. Um, Nancy does Dallas. Megalo from me, Butane from you. All right. And last but definitely not least, Christy Stratton. Christy Stratton, uncool customer. Megalotane from you, Megalo from me. So, Johnny, just by our law of Land averages. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, put them all together, and we've got about a Butane's worth of an episode, I think. At least, at least. All right, well, our final cast of characters. Bobby, Hank, Peggy Hill, Dale Gribble, Jeff Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Luann Kleinschmidt, Gracie Kleinschmidt, Con Min and Conning Supanusenpone, Nancy Gribble, Professor Roger Stiles, the Heimlich County Junior College Meet Examination Team, which consists of Njorl, Lucy, Ron, and one unnamed student. Texas A&F's meat examination team, never named. Cameos by Enrique, Joe Jack, Joseph Gribble, and a mention of one Jahan Redcorn. Mm-hmm. hmm I'm sorry, you missed one who, real quick. Who did I miss? So number one, this is that opportunity that stopped being rare into episode three of this podcast when I get to call out the wiki and say they're full of shit because a while back and I can't tell you the episode which one it was but they said that that episode was the last appearance of one chick man Joni well let me tell you baby he was playing the national anthem this time so once again wiki is once again for probably the last time in this series you suck wiki Yeah, one more fuck you to the the dang old wiki. Um, (laughs) I didn't see any particular voice acting standing out here in this. Honestly, I didn't look very hard because I I didn't want to. I don't I don't want to go down that rabbit hole one more time because it's just going to make me sad. I never get to again. Um, Guys, we really are happy about this. It's we're just making it melodramatic (laughs) so that you feel it with us is all. All right, Mark. 
Synopsis. Synopsis. Bobby finds that all his years of listening to Hank talk about steak have resulted in an aptitude for meat grading, and he joins the Heimlich County Junior College team to win state. This is a through and through a story, Bobby and Hank. Uh, everybody else is there. They're kind of tangential, like, yeah, the team is important, yada, yada, yada. But this is a Bobby and Hank story. So why don't you hop right into notes and tell me what you got here? Sure, sure, sure. Um, Number one, there should be triangle here. I'm sorry if there's not. Oh, be... get out of my notes, buddy. <laughs> um. I just have the note, holy shit, we're here, and three hash marks next to it, because I just kept thinking that. Because you and I have been on an odyssey over these two years, and now here we are. It's a weird feeling. Um, maybe I'm bitter, but I hate the setup to this. I, like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. This is what you do. But, like, what is it? Oh, Hank is going to be alone with Bobby. Oh, shut up. I just... <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it a million times. Like, We've this seen is it not a million new. times. Yeah, like... I like, okay, but see, here's where I get torn, because I hate the setup and premise, but I like the bit in the alley where they're trying to decide what to do. I like that little bit, because then I get to thinking right. about it, and it's like, well, well, how would you, you know, differently, and what are they going to do, take the kids to a field trip, to a slaughterhouse, and like, yeah, this, so like, this is how it has to yeah. happen, I just don't care for the setup in it. The Kansas City Strip is a New York Strip, just pointing that one out. <laughs> But, you know, we're in Texas, so it can't be from New York City. Um, no, of maybe course that's not. And besides, Mark, you, you, mis you misnamed that. Oh? Yeah, it's a Super Bowl championship Kansas City strip. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, keep going. Guys, we're recording this the day after the Super Bowl. Guys, Mark just learned. So I didn't watch the game. I recorded two Wizards and then got too drunk and went to bed afterward. Um, and so I didn't watch the game. But the last thing I had seen was that, you know, Kansas or that uh, San Francisco had made that last field goal. I thought that was it. Went to bed knowing that the 49ers had won. And Johnny corrected me this morning because NFL isn't sudden death. It's uh, it doesn't work that way. There's a rebuttal shot, apparently. Anyway, Suzette, Boomhauer's girlfriend, is not around. So she no longer oh, exists. She only existed one time. Doesn't count. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter because Boomhauer had sex. Um, They're going to state. Why is the team so shitty to Bobby? Yeah, sure, he screwed up, but they still are going, right? And, 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 up yeah. until now, Bobby had shown that he was very, very good at the thing that he was doing. So one screw-up does not, like... He didn't, they didn't lose, like, you know, they're still going. I don't understand the, like, motivation. Like, he, well, he's part of the reason they got to that second place in that first meet we see, right? Like, he That's has what to I mean, be, yeah. have contributed to that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, this is kind of like Stressed for Success, another Christy Stratton, where we see Bobby as a member of a team who is, like, the linchpin ringer for that team. And I guess right. I'm glad we didn't see Bobby go, like, through a beef breakdown, which maybe would have been funny, but... Oh, we missed an opportunity for an acid <laughs> trip scene, though, where, like, J-Bone steaks are flying out of Carl Moss's mouth, but damn. Um, <laughs> J-Bones. <laughs> All right, so, um, I have had one resounding complaint for this entire series, and it's, I'm so sick of hearing about how you peaked in high school, Hank. I'm so sick of these sport episodes. But then we get the line, Bobby's going to state... We are going to have something to talk about for the rest of our lives. So, mm -hmm. am I mad anymore? I don't know. 
Cause, well, he finally gives Hank, you a reason, right? Like, but him Hank went to about state, state, yeah. Yeah, him bringing up state finally has a, a legitimate reason. And it's like, right. cool, and now I get to connect with something that I consider the best moment of my life with my kid who will also have a similar moment. Um, I also have the note, boy, am I hungry? I want to ask you about your favorite cut of meat, but I already know it's the porterhouse, so it's kind of stupid to ask about. And then, hey, Chuck Mangione's back. Fuck. Dude, I will take any large, semi-bleeding piece of meat. It doesn't have to be a porterhouse. I like fillets. I like anything. But I mean, usually, like, usually anything given the choice. Bacon. But, oh, uh, yeah, given the choice. Either that or, dude, I... I am a sucker for shaved beef in in all of its forms. So you give me anything with a ro- with shaved roast beef. Yes, I'm thinking yes. Arby's. Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> Get out of here. Beef curtains. Okay. Sorry, it's not my birthday. <laughs> Calm down, Gene Belcher. Um, no, dude. Like uh, Philly cheesesteaks, I will go insane for. Yeah. Um, French dip with au jus, absolutely yep. insane for. Like. Guys, beef truly is the meat of kings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. God, it's incredible. And it should be fucking revered. The Indians are right. It gives us so much, and we ask, we ask so little of it, and it gives so much. <laughs> oh. what, are your, what are your notes, John? <laughs> uh, okay, let's start here. Uh, you hit the... We don't have a, a triangle... We don't have a cowboy yell for the end of the season. I noted, I want to take it one step further and say we didn't even get that in our extra episodes. So if it was there, they cut it for the four episodes that we got way fucking later. Right. Um. So that makes me sad. But then Manikande didn't have one either. So it, that's exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, our technically, yeah, yeah. our last, our last cowboy yell was the season 13 opener. And I wasn't expecting that. For some reason, I thought they were, they did it for this one. Um, Mark, I have never been to a restaurant that has live music. Really? Have you? Tons of times. It's terrible. I hate it. Nothing, nothing ruins. Oh my God. This week, just this weekend, we were up in Salida, right? And we're at this really great little, it was this new place that we were at. It was a really great little place. They put us out on the deck. They had these propane torches. Like they had the, uh, avalanche game on. They were getting their asses kicked. It was a great night. Like they had good beer there. Like me and Amanda were having a great time. And then the fucking band rolled in and the night <laughs> kicked into shitty and we like we had no intention of leaving. And then I saw the first fat guy with the guitar and I was like, we need our check right fucking now. <laughs> and we vanished. Before I start hearing James Taylor, we need oh, to. I hate live music. So like, I don't care what it is unless I'm like paying to go like, okay, so. Unless seeing it's Tenacious, Tenacious D. D. Well, no, I was going to say, like, <laughs> going to pay money to see a thing? Yeah, please. let that's I'm in. Let's do that. But, like, unless it's an oompa-pa band at Oktoberfest and is adjacent to me, I don't want you to... I don't want to hear your fucking shitty cover of The Eagles or your fucking shitty cover of Garth Brooks or your fucking shitty cover of any Jimmy Buffett song. No, I hate live music. And landing strikes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, I hate live music. And I'm I'm amazed that, especially you being up in Montrose, you're all weird up there and shit. Like, I'm amazed you never heard them in, like, the breweries. Maybe I just go to more breweries uh, than you do, but. Really, I think, no, I think that's what it is because I don't like going to bars slash breweries most of the time. And when I do, it's not, like, they're coffee houses and breweries. It's not, like, right. a just a straight-up beer brewery. Um, 
And if they do, like, it's only on specific nights, and I'm like, nope, I avoid that shit like the plague. So and every so every time I hear the the idea, like, when I think of the idea of going to a restaurant with live music, I don't think like shitty house band. Mm-hmm. I think like four four like four person quartet, like string quartet, like real fancy place with live music. So you're thinking of that's amore. I am thinking more of that's amore. Yes. Yep. Uh, but yep. I haven't gone to either of them, I guess. So, yeah, Reunited interesting. Um, and it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Mark, I have a question. Why do we yes. get the introduction of Heimlich County Junior College here instead of just using Arlen Community College? And I have a theory. Okay, why? Because Bobby's already gone to Arlen Community College and they already know him there because he's Tartuffe the Spry fucking Wonder Dog. And they can't be like, dude, it's that kid who was the awesome dog. Okay, I got you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just, I, I thought it was interesting. I was like, wait a minute. There is two junior colleges here, but only one of them has a meat, like, like meat division, I guess. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, yeah. are you ready for your fun fact of the day? And I know for sure that at least one Norwegian that listens to this is going to find this funny. Because um, I totally, totally forgot that Njorl identifies as Norwegian in this. Um, mm-hmm. That made it so much fucking better because I know that I've got a buddy who listens to these. He loses his shit when you and I joke around way too much. Um, <laughs> okay, Mark, how many kilos of fish are consumed per capita per person in Norway each year, if you had to guess? A lot, right? Like, isn't fish their, like, one of their primary intakes of protein? Yes, lots like, of it's like fish love and whale fish. and reindeer and yeah, like I would have. Okay, so instead of like how like weight wise, I'm just gonna say that I imagine at least four meals a week feature fish. Okay, so this becomes I I looked this up because Neural says I already know what I know I already know everything about herring. I must do beef. Um, yes. he also sounds like the fucking like almost like a Swedish chef, but not quite. Uh, which is also a very funny joke for Norwegians because Swedes are awful. Um, okay, according to the internet. Oh, the yeah, average... just come swinging at the Swedes. Okay. <laughs> Bruv, uh, half my heritage is the Swedes. I literally call I myself a Swedish meatball every episode. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm just playing with you. No, yes. you've just been... According... Okay, so, no, I, so really quick, you've been inflammatory lately with the whole Josh and shit. Now you're pulling out against the Swedes. But also, last night, Josh dropped penultimate on me, and I about had a oh. fucking orgasm because I was so excited to get you to hear it in, like, three weeks' time when that episode oh. drops. And, like... I could hear your rage coming through the future back to me. Like it was beautiful. <laughs> Fuck that word. It's awful. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What were you According saying? According to the internet, Norwegians consume on average 19.3 kilos of fish each year. What is that? Like 30 pounds, 20 pounds. No. Um, so a kilo is like 2.3 pounds. So it's closer to 50. Hang on, hang on. How much is it? 19 kilos, you said? 19, 19.3 kilos. You, Google that shit for me. Um, I can also say from people that I have met, I know very many Norwegians, guys. They're uh, incredibly fucking kind, and they will do everything for you, and you better not fucking, like, ever take advantage of them, because that's just the most fucked up thing to do. They're the greatest people ever. Um, They're incredibly proud of their beef and milk industry. Like, yeah. they make some really good fucking cheese and chocolate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Also, that it would be 42 pounds. So, yeah, 42 pounds of fish. Um, you know, Mark, That's I think we fish. calculated how many chickens we eat or how many cows we eat every year, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we figured that out once. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We figured this out. Um, Johnny also <laughs> figured out uh, what you would get as far as a prison sentence is concerned if you hijacked a bus in Texas. And it would be a felony. So you would be a felon. You wouldn't be able to vote anymore. And you would get 20 years or $20,000 fine or both, depending on the severity of it. Now, I also imagine that you're kidnapping and you're getting, I'm I'm sure they try each case separately. Oh, of course. There's going to be multiple counts. And there's what, at least 20 people in that, that charter bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's yeah. definitely not worth it. Texas A&M, what's, what's wrong with you? And and if we're getting really technical about it, there is that mascot on there, that little uh, calf. And, and, and. If yes, I'm, animal abuse. I am, no, 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 John. The more egregious offense in Texas would be cattle rustling. Technically, oh, shit. they rustled yes. that cattle. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love it when you and I get technical about shit. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I also misspoke here. I called them Texas A&M. They're actually Texas A&F. Because AM is a real school and I can't disparage them, I guess. I guess. Um, Mark, remind me, what all have we seen put, put on the queen of the dead bug before? Because we've seen her be a queen bee. We've seen her be a queen ant. We've seen mm-hmm. uh, American tiny American flags. Uh, mm-hmm. In this episode, I, I totally forgot until I saw them pull up to the, the little gully ravine thing that he, he puts a steak and calls it the beef bago. <laughs> what else have we seen? What am I forgetting here? No, I think you nailed them all, dude. There's the queen bee. There's, um, we also, because there's also the callback one when it was a queen bee, um, in, uh, Mice and Little Green Men. But then also, Mm -hmm. um, in, um, oh, what is it where he, um, um, uh, Mutual of Omabois, where he's selling bee stings. It's all, it's once again a bee. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I think that's it, though, unless you're counting the exterminator when he has to take it off. So I, I would count right, that like right, right, right. no option is still an option. Right. So <laughs> why don't you just take off Bobby's head, Mark? <laughs> Shug. <laughs> uh, OK. OK. Um, last one. Last one here. Um, Mark, I think this might be the single most believable story of one person carrying a team and winning state. Because Bobby did all of the work. He literally competed the entire state yes. round by himself. Because in the end, it's his assessment of Hardbone mm-hmm. that wins it for them. He, and you know what? I'm sorry. You've established over 258 previous episodes that Bobby Hill loves steak. He loves beef. And his dad is the person that would raise him to understand and know everything there is to know about meat grading, whether he intended to or not. So to me... This is the most believable story of a single person winning a competition that I think I've ever seen on TV. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yes. And I just, I felt like that needed to be put there. Because we see some of these like, oh, for the sake of the story, they have to win. Or, you know, all that sort of shit. Like, no, this is actually believable. You've Mm -hmm. You've given us the background for it. So, well, yeah, All it's, right, man, it's we... not like plot armory. Like it's not. It, yeah. No. It, it, no, they they really did. Like this is such. That OK, is so part like of the charm of this. Yeah. But it's such a natural conclusion to this show. Like 
Yes. We, what what have we talked about tangentially for almost 259 episodes? Well, I know that we mentioned steak a lot or the preparation yeah, of steak, that meat or whatever. Like, and barbecue yeah. culture, like all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like this is such a good natural point where this should be and who should do it? You're goddamn right it's Bobby. Which also yeah. furthers my belief that Bobby needs to either own a food truck Bo- that's what the reboot is. Bobby is a mobile butcher shop. Oh, okay. He buys a refrigerator. God, I would go to Bobby Hilford. I would go to Bobby to be my butcher. Holy shit. Bob's Butchers. Yes, he buys an ice cream truck, retrofits it with a stronger cooler, and just, like, gets, like, three carcasses a day. And, you know, he just processes them in the morning and then sells it, goes around like the meat cream. He go- he's the meat cream man. Oh, God, and then there's a scene where, like, you see Bill getting all excited because he hears Bobby's, like, meat cream truck rolling down the street. Oh, he's here! <laughs> Bill, you could have waited till he got home. He lives next door. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, this writes itself, dude. Oh, shit. All right, I'm sorry. Let's keep going. No, we're good. Um, We're to pros, so tell me what you liked about this episode, buddy. Pro, Hank, like me, hates live music. <laughs> Uh, uh, starting out strong. Very good. <laughs> Johnny, what cut of meat bears a striking resemblance to Lucky? <laughs> the New York Strip? Yeah, that's right. Lucky looks just like the worst fucking steak that you can get, a New York Strip. That makes <laughs> so much sense. <laughs> now, while, where, while I am a good boy about my meat, I will I will straight up not eat a New York strip because you might as well fucking give me like pork gristle. Oh boy, I get dry and grainy and no fat. Mm, yummers. Um That's my favorite moment. Okay, so we've begun we have now run the entire span of this show and I had one joke that was my favorite joke that I couldn't remember where it had come from. And I have been watching anytime that Hank and Bobby are in the car. And the joke is we all know about Rancho Unicorno. Right? <laughs> Yes! That is my favorite joke of this series. My favorite weird fucking thing. Like, it's just, you you know, like, so we we suddenly have all this, like, context and understanding, like, that boy ain't right. And it's like, oh, fuck you, Hank. You're just being mean to him. And then it's like, God, I want to see the discovery of Rancho Unicorno. Like, (laughs) I just... Yes, please. Uh, but, just, they, but it's, it's this episode. It's, Here it is. What's up? It's. I, I was to say, Peggy. She's gonna stumble on on it and find it very cute and charming and go, "Oh, that's that's so sweet, my special little man." He, you know, he still loves all this sort of stuff. The, I can only imagine Hank's face as as similar to the one with uh, with his. I can't take a shit because I've eaten too much beef. He's looking out the window. He's trying to take a dump, and he sees everybody else having fun. And he just like looks down in disgust and sadness. That's that is his discovery of Rancho Unicorno. <laughs> now, now I want to posit to you another po- a question. I want to posit a question here. Okay. If you could place the discovery of Rancho Unicorno somewhere in the conglomerated timeline of King of the Hill, where do you do it? Because honestly, you just hit it when you said Hank can't shit. I think that Hank finding Rancho Unicorno would be like the inciting incident to Hank not being able to take a shit. <laughs> the beef only compounded. 
Yeah, well, you know, so, like, because we even say how Bobby's, you know, I've been waiting for you to ask me that for 13 years. Like, okay, so we're back to our, you know, one year, I don't care about the timeline, but, like, I just pretend that all the King of the Hill happens simultaneously in a year period, but all the shit still happens. I don't know, multiverse, whatever right. you want to call it. But, like, so in there, I, I, I really think that that would be a great, you know, why can't Hank shit? Oh, he found Bobby's Rancho Unicorno, and it's just, like, taxed him so much. I think that's a great place to put it in. Um, um, also, like, somewhere after the Boneyard. And, the, like, Ooh. that's when we see Hank kind of, like, being more all right with Bobby and Connie being together. Because he's like, oh, God, Rancho Unicorno. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> oh, my boy hate right. I, I just see it happening somehow, like, in, in tandem with Bobby's love of troll dolls. So it has to happen before they do Bobby's... He's got to file his, his claim with the insurance adjuster about, you know, his losses oh, right. with his troll dolls. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, after the mold rush, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he knows exactly what to do with them. Yep. Yes. <laughs> You're right, Bobby. Bobby moved up from trolls to unicorns. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. There you go. Um, you already called it out with Dale and the beef abago, but I'm sorry, that is a pork chop if I've ever seen one. So I wrote in pork chop abago <laughs> exclamation point. Mark, that looks um, nothing like Ladybird. Speaking of which, is Ladybird in this episode? No, not okay. that I noticed. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, when's the last time we saw she Lady like died. actually saw her? Yeah, she died. They left her at that fucking nursing home, and Bernie Mac came back and shot her in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie Mac and Dale teamed up to kill Lady Bird. <laughs> um, finally, I called this shot last week and then cut it out of the episode because I thought it ruined too much. Um, but Hardbone is a definite pro of mine. <laughs> Bobby excla exclaiming hardbone as loud as he can. Yep. God, he's so confident in it, and he's so he fucking is. just, like, justified. I love it. I fucking well, love it. Well, that's it, it. Is, um, is the justified. Yeah, like, he is... Yeah. Right? Okay, so my first pro here, and I knew it, I knew it going along, because I've watched this episode a lot. I, I don't think that's any surprise to anybody listening. It's not a surprise to you. Um... But this first pro is, this is a good dad episode for Hank. Um, yes. He is stuck with Bobby. He is uncomfortable with Bobby half the way through. And he has to look like a jackass and own up to something to make Bobby feel better about himself. To kind of accept him and do something. And in the end, he does. And it's we're all fucking better for it. Because, Mark, what episodes of King of the Hill do we love the most? The ones where Hank is a good fucking dad. Wow, mm -hmm. I am saying a lot of F words. I am sorry. There's a lot of whiskey in me. The second pro here, meat science is a thing. We're just going to truck, truck along here. Meat science is a thing, guys, and I think that's incredible. I really appreciate the fact that we have a distinction between A1 and A5 Wagyu beef because, hey, I want to know, you know, where where the, where the we draw the line. I want to know if, the, if my animal has been treated well, if it hasn't been treated well. I can definitely tell the difference when I buy eggs here if they have been free range or not free range, you know, like the... The darkness mm -hmm. of the yolk is is a super indicator. Um, yeah. And so why wouldn't I want that with any of the other like animal product that I'm consuming? So I love the idea of meat science being a thing and basically saying, hey, 
if you want this at the absolute peak of its of its like prime, right? And I'm gonna use that word liberally here. Ho, um, ho, ho. You have to like you have to slaughter the animal within this amount of time. You have to let them get to this amount of size. You have to feed them this specific thing. Like it is fascinating to me that you do that because you're getting the absolute best flavor profile out of an animal. I I have never gotten a chance to try Wagyu beef or Kobe beef or anything like that, like anything super fancy. And it is on my bucket list to try something like that because I want to see if there's a difference. I want to have that moment of clarity of, holy shit, I've been eating the wrong meat every day of my life for the like my entire life, essentially. Right. Um, I love that meat science is a thing. And I love that this kind of brings some light to it because who... Who thinks about that? Like, who thinks about where your beef oh, yeah. has been? No, most oh, people are just don't. like, cool, supermarket, it's good. It's been, it's shrink-wrapped, it's fine. It goes on the grill or it goes goes in the pan, and, and then that's it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It adds another level to it. Um, You already hit this, but Lucky's profile bearing a resemblance to a New York strip, that's a plus to me. Uh, I don't think he... I don't think he thinks it's an insult, but you and I definitely think it's an insult because it's a New York strip. <laughs> I'm sorry. New York strips are shit steaks. I don't care. <laughs> I I don't care. It's a correct... That's the correct way to use Lucky. He's comparing himself yeah. to a cut of meat. Yes. And yeah. That's Wait. pretty much all he does this episode. Well, he's got um, another, he's got one more sin, but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes here. Okay. Um, so Bobby's Slaughterhouse movie is 100% the Troy McClure movie that, uh, that Bart Simpson watches, right? <laughs> Wait, it absolutely is. He's, he's watching somebody go to Bovine University. Johnny, what does DNA stand for? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just ask the scientician. Um, <laughs> also deoxyribonucleic acid is thank DNA. You. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love that they saved the, probably one of the best plot potential plot lines for the very end. And they don't go any more with it. Mark, we get the Wagner little man. Oh yeah. How perfect is that? Like it's pretty cute. How like, easy would that have been to, to just sneak in anywhere in this series, right. right? You could have snuck it in halfway through and said, Oh, we got this new grill. It's just, it's to encourage childhood grilling and yada, yada, yada. And all that shit. No, no, no. We're saving it to the end because, yeah, Hank is going to buy Bobby a Wagner little man to grill next to him. Because, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Um, I have an all caps here. We get one more Chuck. So I also, I'm very sad that I, I didn't realize he wasn't in our cast of characters, but thank you for calling it out. And More, more than my anything, last... I just wanted to yell at the wiki, you know. Yeah, oh, of course. Of just course. Just one more we time. One more we needed one more rail against the wiki. Um, my last pro here, and I don't need to go into detail, at least not with you, not with pe- people that have followed us on this whole journey, but that ending sequence, dude, holy shit, it's so nice. Like, it is so nice. You talk about tying up loose ends. The only thing we missed is is whatever Bill's final final story is. Like, he's the only one that doesn't get a finality here, I feel like. But even then... It's fucking Bill Dutcher. We don't need to know what his final story is going to be. But we get we get loose ends tied up for Boomhauer. We get loose ends tied up for the Supernusen Pones. We get loose ends tied up for the the Gribbles, the Hills. Like, mm-hmm. everybody, throughout the duration of this season, we have seen everybody get their final note, with the exception of Bill. 
And I don't know. Yeah. Well, but what do you do? I guess you. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I okay. guess you can no. say. You know what you do? No, you know Bill what you Gathers do? Bill Gathers Moss. No, no, no. You threw this shit before we walked in the room weeks ago when we were talking about Uh-Oh Canada, and you mentioned how Bill and Suzette would have, like, this cute, like, you know, back and forth with Canadian and Cajun French, right? Okay. Bill. Yeah. That's that's what happened. Bill got Suzette. That's what I'm saying. That's how you end this. You think Bill sniped Suzette from Boomhauer? No, I think Boomhauer was in a bad situation and Bill helped a buddy out, <laughs> so to speak. And dang old Boom had no problem with that because it meant he was free to return to his tomcatting ways. And Bill got laid. And maybe a partner. Who knows? Interesting. Okay. I don't know. I keep I keep rewriting King of the Hill in my head. I've been doing that for, what, 130 episodes now, but... <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we do. It's absolutely what we do. Give me some of your cons. What did you not like about this episode? Uh, some of my cons. Just really quick, just, you know, we just got to mention it here. Uh, con, the meat industry and factory farming. Okay, we're over that. Yeah. My aspect ratio is still fucked up. It has been fucked up for weeks, except for that oh, one no. episode where it went back to... No, it just... So, like, and there's little scenes, dude, where you can tell. But, like, I know that you're watching Simpsons on Disney+, and their aspect ratio is off, so I know you know what I'm talking about when I say you yeah. get the oh, gist yeah. of what's happening, but you still feel like you're missing out. And, like... The best cuts of these that I saw were in the steakhouse where, like, Hank... So Bobby's in the middle between Hank and the coach, right? And they're cutting back and forth. And in in normal aspect ratio, I'm sure that the dude is still in frame. Because you can see his goddamn elbow in frame. And then then you can also see Hank's, like paunch in frame as we cut to the coach and my point to all this is had the aspect ratio not been all screwed up i would have been able to see the entire like scene as it was intended to be seen instead i get this really rough cut back and forth that it it was just bad it looked bad it kind of ruined it for me and again this only happened this only started like what three or four weeks ago like it is it's a very new thing in king of the hill i don't know where it came from i don't know why it came from i don't know if it's some switch to high def in 2009 or what but oh i hate it um Con vacation Bible school. Give me those weeks of my summer back, you <laughs> bastards. Oh, as somebody who also had to experience vacation Bible school, I feel that, buddy. <laughs> Con oh. outside of Norrell, I hate the entire meat team and want them to lose, and the fact that they win this based on Bobby's merit makes me angry. None of those characters is sympathetic. They're all fucking insane, and they're they're but they're not fun insane. You know, like yeah, they're just dickheads. They are, but then you see the other ones, and they're like, so these the the other two people from Texas A and F, like, well, shit, dude, they're willing to commit multiple felonies for goddamn beef grating. Like, is this the <laughs> most? It's just ironic to me that the one thing that Bobby should be in is probably the most dangerous thing for him to be in. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, God, at least Ward was only going to make him drink dog blood once. Like <laughs> Bobby can die. Bobby will get shot. Before he- Bobby's going to get Nancy Kerrigan. Like, oh, God. <laughs> some dude is going to like crack him in the kneecap. He'll just be like laying there like, why? Why? Like it's. I don't know. They're insane. They're all bad people, and I hate them. And even the coach is a piece of shit. Like, you expect the coach to kind of be level-headed. I get it. You want to win. Like, that makes sense. In. But, 
Yeah, just a little bit, but god damn. Um, I really miss Connie. Like, okay, so, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, let me, let me go back a bit here. So, I miss Connie, but to that end, outside of the hills, I don't think anybody's actually written well this week. So, like... I would agree with that. I think Dale is very on the nose and super daily, if that makes sense. It's easy. It, it, Dale's easy this week. Yeah. He Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, it's not good Dale. He's just there, Dale. Uh, same with Bill with the line like, oh, we just followed you illogically and didn't follow a map or anything. Her, her, her. And it's like, all right, we, we fucking stop. Stop getting meta with your King of the Hill jokes, guys, because you keep doing this shit where they go, yeah, but we're just dumb and follow you, Hank. Like, that's all right. this last season has been is the guys being idiots blindly. Oh, I mean, that's what the series is, but like. <laughs> now they're calling it out, yeah. you know, and I'm tired of that. Um, Khan and Min are like weirdly cruel for like, and I get it, you know, they they need to be mean. They're Khan and Min, but like the bit about like, oh yeah, he can skip a semester of hamburger, and it's like fuck you. These people are feeding you, and then you show up like <laughs> a day or two later to get more free fucking meat. Like at least be cool when you're there. You guys know better than that. Like fuck. <laughs> 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 I love that moment of them, but I'm glad that you're railing against it because now I don't well, have to. But so then all this is to say, like, so you get Con and Min, and once again, Lauren Tom is here, so why can't Connie be here? Why can't Bobby talk to Connie? Why can't he go back to yeah. her just one more time and go, Connie, this is weird and I don't like it. You need to talk to your dad, Bobby. This doesn't sound like it's safe. Yeah, you're right. And then we're in the pickup, and then we have the conversation. Like... I just feel like they shortchanged Connie here because Connie was a big part of the show for so long. And right. season 13 is the season without a Connie. And it it just kind of bums me out. We just kind of forgot about her. Um, Con, so, okay, so you, I know, so I know I'm calling your shot for this shot because you called this shot last week and I deleted it, whatever. But I know that you're going to mention how you love the book ending of this episode. We start King of the Hill, yes. right? With like the pan into Arlen and we're all doing things and all right, so cool, right? And the first shot we see of the guys is them standing around their car. And who also was there, John? That's right, Luann, and she's a pretty decent mechanic, and she's going to fix your car, Uncle right. Hank. Like, right? How does it end this time? She is literally barefoot and with child. They can't even be bothered <laughs> to put on their fucking shoes to go mooch the goddamn free meat from Uncle Hank. And you know whose fault it is? It's Lucky. So this is another culminating point in this. What is the worst part of King of the Hill? It's Lucky, because he literally turned Luann into a pregnant barefoot dumbass. Ugh, I hate Lucky so much. Johnny, what are your cons? Well, they're going to seem pretty paltry compared to yours, I think. How many teams has Bobby been on? Let's see. We saw him in the pilot. He was on a baseball team. We know he's been on at least one more baseball team, a soccer team. He's been on a uh, mascot wrestling, team. He's, mascot, he's been on football. wrestling team. Um... Cheer t- I'm on... even going to say cheer team, like, because he was a yep, cheerleader cheer separately. Team. He's been on, like, he's been all sorts of different things. Rose right? growing so competitively. Why... My, my, a big con for me in this is, you know how long you've been waiting? I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Uh, Hank, he's been asking you that, like, once a, a fucking week, essentially, for the last two years. Hey, can I be right. on this team, Dad? Oh, I love this for you, Bobby. Oh, it's, it's you're in a car every fucking club. week. They're gonna call you Ace. Ho, ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So 
Uh, that's a big con for me. Like, guys, come on. If you, Please just be consistent. Like, the four of you that are writing this, no consistency. You should be able to call it out, but I guess you just don't want to. Um, my second one, and it, this is just kind of a like a, a tangential, why is this a thing? Like, this doesn't make sense from a writing standpoint, other than the fact that you want somebody there to, to show, like, to forward forward a, a, a plot point, right? There is zero reason for Texas A&F to be at the restaurant that, that um, I almost said Tom Landry, uh, that Heinlein <laughs> County Junior College is eating at, right? The night before, they're eating, they're having their whole thing, they're doing family-style sides and a big-ass omelet or whatever, and A&F rolls in and has dinner at the same restaurant. Normally... I wouldn't have an issue with this, right, Mark? Okay. But I have an issue with this. Okay. There's a like a display on the outside of the restaurant as they show you it that says, hey, we're rooting for Heimlich County Junior College meat team. Why would A&F show up to that specific one? <laughs> that is a, wow, that's a really good point. Right? Yeah. Like, Guys, come on. Other than to show, like, oh, well, the Heinlich County team has got, you know, they've got some fire in them. They're going to throw hot pepper flakes in your eyeballs if you're not careful, like yada, yada, yada. I It seems it seems way too much for me. Like, eh. this would have been as simple as, cool, you showed me what restaurant they're at. Don't put it on the fucking marquee outside that they're supporting this particular group. That would have right. solved this issue. It's just right. poor writing to me. It's definitely poor writing to me. But I'm um, sorry. Who are our writers? <laughs> like, uh, right? Has any one of Dotry, these people Gimbal, shown that they May. can? Like, Dude, Dotri pisses me off because Jim Dotri has written some of the best episodes of King of the Hill, but he has also been yes. responsible for some of the worst. Like, yes, yeah. So, I don't know. It is what it is. But uh, so those are my uh, those are my only two like big glaring cons that I had here. I didn't have a lot to hate about this episode. I'm I'm sure you're absolutely shocked and appalled by that. But no, not really, I, because by and large, I enjoyed this episode. I just had a couple problems with it. But like yeah. I had problems with every single episode. All right, man. Well, I think, hey, we're we're already we're already to favorite moments. What do you got for favorite moments? Um, Shy of most of everything, I'm just going to put out one. It's um, they're at the competition and joseph yells go bobby eat the whole thing <laughs> yes that's in mine too i'm so glad you got it do I, it bobby eat the whole thing like i was bitching about lack of connie this is the exact amount <laughs> of joseph gribble that we need and yes that mm, like this is like like the chef kiss for this one because they hit it so perfectly. Hit the whole thing. Like, yes, it's yes. Um, and then, you know, duh, the schmaltzy ending and the, Oh, the coming together of the plots and blah, 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 all that shit, whatever. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. It's a great ending. It's a, it's, it's not, it's a decent ending. I hate that boom. is a Texas Ranger. I hate that lucky and <laughs> Luann are going to go I love that walker. barefoot. <laughs> love that walker i, I yeah just never talk about it. <laughs> fuck you i hate that so i hate that that's just like the ending here um <laughs> i'm so mad at you because you totally derailed my thought train <laughs> um john what's your favorite moment um okay so you had i have three here and you already hit two of the three you hit okay. joseph's line of do it bobby eat the whole thing um you also hit we know about Rancho Unicorno, <laughs> which is also so, so fucking good. So but I also, I have, 
<laughs> I have to I have to throw out here. This is the marbling of your fantasies. It is perfect. That, oh, that is, is good. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Um God, it just audibly makes me laugh every time I hear it because I'm like, I want a fucking steak with the marbling of my fantasy. Mark, if that's our favorite moments, then we are to our final moment of rating here. Oh my god. Do you want to like to break down our rating system? Or or we can tag team it. So like okay. I could start off by saying that at the very bottom is a charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode of King of the Hill. It's a failure of an episode of television. It's the worst rank. It's bad. It's only good for getting soot under your boy's nails. And then you could cut in with... Well, then after that, you got your Megalo episodes. And Megalos, they're kind of like a turd that, that uh, you've uh, you've enjoyed after a nice big old pot boil. Holy shit, I've got... I've what? Been <laughs> here. <laughs> that you've had... <laughs> After How a nice are you cooking big old me? ear of corn? <laughs> big old ear of corn, right? Because uh, in a megalo, it's still a turd of an episode, but you got these nice little shiny golden kernels of of goodness inside them. Uh, megalo episodes, they're really not good either, but they're at least a little bit more watchable than a charcoal. You're definitely not going to seek one out. Mark, tell us about butane. Oh, Johnny, butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode because you love to hate it, and you hate to love it. It is just the most middle-of-the-road, B-rank, silver grade that we can possibly name an episode of King of the Hill. It's not good. It's not bad either, though. And if it's 2 in the morning and you are up for some reason, because maybe, hey, you're on American time, but you live in Germany, well, you might find yourself watching this one. Well, after that, we've got our Char King episodes, Mark, and these are the best episodes of King of the Hill. They are the best and brightest. They represent this show perfectly. They've got great storylines, great guest stars, great just sitcom tropes, if you will. You and I come together and decide that both uh, both of us decide an episode's a Sharking becomes a Sharking Imperial. These are absolute must-watch episodes of King of the Hill, but you need context to understand them and appreciate them to their fullest extent. Uh, you know, they're, they're wonderful episodes, but uh, after that, you've only got one better. That one better would be the Blue Flame of Valor, the S rank, the best rank, the one that you only get sparingly out of you and I, John. Once upon a time, you called that we'd only get five. I think we're up to, what, seven apiece now, which is still pretty yeah. damn good. Seven like, or eight, Good yeah. looking out. Uh, these are the best episodes of The King of the Hill. Every joke lands. All the writing is on point. Every character is used well. Um, it's called A Firefighting We Will Go. It's called Escape from Party Island. I'm retconning it, but god damn it, that one is so good because we get Polly Shore. Um, it's also an episode of King of the Hill that you can show to literally anybody with zero context. You don't need to know anything about the show. You can just show this to somebody, and then your mom will go, oh, now I understand why you made 130 episodes of this weird podcast instead of going and looking for a job. <laughs> now I get it, we and I go, yeah, Terry. Mom, thank you. We do love you. She doesn't listen, but we love you, Mama. Um, also, we love you, Gwen. Um, yes. Yes, I know your mom's name, John. I don't think I don't. Guy sense. I know wink. you know my mom's name. Oh, favorite moments. <laughs> you don't get to talk about my mom. <laughs> I don't want to do this, John. Um, what do you give her? All right, sir. To sirloin with love, the official canonical end of King of the Hill. We're not counting season fourteen. It hasn't fucking happened yet. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to want to conclude it into the, the uh, King of the Hill canon. Um, I have that right, because you know what? I am one of the foremost authorities on King of the Hill in the entire world. 
Uh, Mark, At this point, dude, we gotta be top ten people. Like, yeah. <laughs> we have to be. Uh, I give to Sirloin with Love a Char King. Okay. I was not expecting to give this a Char King, but you know what? Here's my justification. As you and I have gone through this project, the blue flame ranking stands alone as the symbol of what we show somebody who has never seen this show. So logically, we should not show them this episode, right? This is the ending. It doesn't make sense to show somebody the ending to get them interested in the rest of the show. But let's be real here for a second. Um, this episode is not that great without the context. It's only right. impactful because we have seen the rest. Because we have seen 258 episodes of King of the Hill. This might be the most char kingiest episode of all time. Because without the context... This is just another episode of King of the Hill. I know that I, sh I I'm like hijacking your, your whole thing here of, is this a good episode of King of the Hill? But I'm going to kind of, I'll ask you that question because I no, think yeah, it is. Absolutely. I think this is a great yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, and do you think it feels like an episode of King of the Hill? Like, I mean, I guess it kind I of, do. like we've pretty much beat that point to death this, like without hitting on it, we actually beat it to death already. But yeah, like it does, right? right. It's Yeah. So, uh, so for me, this episode, and I, I really, guys, I, from, from day one of starting this project, I was pretty sure this was going to be a, a blue flame for me, but as we have morphed, as we have looked at things, this is the most charting episode I can think of. You have to know who Dale Gribble is. You have to know who Bobby and Hank Hill are. Like, if you really want to get the full impact of this episode, you can't just walk into it. Mm-hmm. So, what about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I am really glad to say that this is the last episode of the Dangle Podcast, and we can end it with a Imperial ranking. This is a Char King in my book. This yes. is a really good episode of King of the Hill. Um, yeah, some of the side characters aren't used well, but you can forgive that when the A-line is this strong. Like, because to a point, you only need people there as, like, it's literally like, how do you make a cow? Well, you need the bone, that's the story. You need the meat, that's the right. action. And then you need the cartilage. And we can tell between cervical and sacral by, you know, the cartilage of Joseph being amazing and Dale not so much. But it's okay. This is a really good episode of King of the Hill. Um, in terms of finales, I tend to hate series finales. I think the only good series finale of anything is MASH. And that doesn't work because that's like a three-hour-long episode. Um, but this is close. This is up there. And, like, okay. if nothing... I, I remember when this came out, I... Once upon a time, I watched this when it came out. I watched it with Josh Streeter. It was weird. We we're just in my house, and it was on. I was like, oh, let's watch this. And it was the debut of it, and I was like, oh, shit, that was the end. And he goes, oh, it was a pretty good end to King of the Hill. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, like, even yeah. back then in 2009, I felt this way. I knew these things. And I still know this, what is this, 15 years later? At yeah. Yeah, it's a really good episode of King of the Hill, but you need all the context in the world. So yeah, a resounding Char King Imperial. Um, huh. Wow. it's That's honestly what you would hope for out of the end of an episode, right? You wouldn't right. want the finale to be an episode you show everybody. You won't want that to be the one that, that brings everybody to you because it's like, well, that's too little too late, you know? Um, but Imperial means that they did their job. They established their characters. They established their universe. They made it worthwhile watching with all this context to really just kind of enjoy the rest of this as it's happening. So, yeah. I also, I also Anything... just want to shout out, um, th there's a really good ending here 
And Bobby goes, we're going to need more meat. And Hank goes, no, there's going to be a lot more. So, like, there's this, like, just hint of positivity moving into the future. We don't know what will happen to Arlen, Texas. That's what I like, John, is how hopeful this ending is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Damn, man. Damn. Okay, well, here we are. Well, we're ending on an Imperial, and I think that is an incredible way to end this series. I think you're right, buddy. All right. Well, tell you what, buddy. Why don't we take a a, a two minute siesta, if you will, uh, and we'll we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about what this series has meant to us and some of the some of the fun facts and things. Like you and I get to tackle some fun questions here. Our final thoughts and roundups, if you will. Um, mm. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we take a take a minute here? Let's take a beat and yeah, well, listeners, just enjoy some uh, Benson, Arizona. So wait, you're telling me that in this retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill, we're not done yet, and we still have more things to say about King of the Hill, Johnny? I, you know, I think it's worth saying that um, anybody who spent this much time and this much effort discussing King of the Hill might have uh, some things to say now that it's officially over for both of us. I reckon you're um, right. <laughs> yeah. So first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about the parallels for this last episode okay. compared to the the pilot specifically, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I like to say that it's it's a Hank and Bobby story, just like the original episode. So I think that's a good place right. to start, right? Our first episode is Bobby is, he's po- potentially going to get taken away from Hank, uh, social services, all that sort of stuff. Um, he's real worried that his kid's going to go somewhere else and he wants, you know, Bobby to, to what is it, uh, respect his fence's right to be a fence, all that sort of stuff. He kind of drives him nuts, drives him bonkers. This is a good Hank and Bobby story because it shows how much they've both grown up a little bit, and yet they both still very much mm-hmm. need each other. Um, mm. It is it is a story that you and I have seen multiple times, right? We, we have seen the Bobby joins a team and Hank has to get all excited and support the team, and then Bobby wants to quit the team story a whole bunch of times, but none of them have quite fit like this episode specifically. I think it's important okay. to note, and Hank brings this up in this episode, of Bobby goes to state, right? Just mm-hmm. like Hank did. There's some more parallel for mm-hmm. you. Um, Hank gets to talk to Bobby about something for the rest of his life because they're both going to have this experience of competing at the state level, especially when that state is Texas. They finally have something that not very many people get to achieve, and Hank can respect him right. for it, even if it's not in something like football or baseball, or like a sport specifically. Um, It's something that's near and dear enough to Hank's heart that he goes, yeah, no, this is absolutely important. We started the series with, oh, God dang it, that boy ain't right. And first thing out of the gate, what do we get in this episode, Mark? That boy ain't right. (laughs) I haven't had my breakfast and that boy ain't right. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I think it's an interesting parallel that Bobby is, 
he's portrayed as very bad on the baseball team in the in the beginning, right? Like he's he's taken uh-huh. the pitch the whole way. He gets on base, but it's he essentially gets walked, all that sort of stuff. He's not actually hitting the ball to get on team, but so he's not a good baseball player. The parallel here right, being right. Or the inverse, I guess, is that Bobby is actually very good. He's the whole reason this team is going to win. There's character mm-hmm. progression there. Um, and then the last one, of course, I mean, most obvious that uh, of people that watch just the the pilot versus the final episode is we start with a zoom in on Arlen. And it, it you know, mm-hmm. we zoom in on the guys that are working on the truck and all this sort of stuff. And we zoom out and get the exact same pictogram or like view of Arlen, right? We've got the Arlen water tower in the distance and, and everything else. Right. Like, there is a that same it, tableau. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different cool parallels to this that I thought was, I thought it's worth noting, right? Like for those of you out there that, that wanted to know, Oh, well, how do you know this is the, supposed to be the finale? You know, there was four episodes after this. No, they, this is very clearly supposed to be the finale. There's so much shit that gets tied up here. Um, yeah. It's the final, well, but intentionally finale. too. It feels it feels like it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's so intentional that we're not we're not going to see these people ever again. We are we are ending. Like we are ending. We are ending as we started with the pan out of Arlen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Book ending, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so um, you're not going to like to hear this stat, or at least this particular thing. But I looked here. And IMDb, okay, the Internet Movie Database, where everybody gets to have a say and everybody gets to rate things, and it's not Rotten Tomatoes, so it's much better. Um, IMDb has a highest-rated episode-slash-season um, of King of the Hill. Mark, if you had to take a wager and a guess, what do you think the highest-rated episode is? Oh, I bet it's something stupid. I bet it's uh, Bobby Goes Nuts. Well, that did not take him very long to figure out. It's Season 6, Episode 1, Bobby Goes Nuts. It has an 8.9 oh, really? out of 10. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's so depressing. Oh, man. I was kind of being a smartass, but I kind of just assumed in the back yeah. of my mind, like, what do you see reposted the most on our King of the Hill? Well, it's fucking still stores from that. So, yeah. All yeah. right. Ugh. Um, gross. No, thank now, you. Now, within its f- top five, I know we definitely have a firefight and we will go. So, there's uh, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for you, if you will. Yeah. Um, our... Uh, according to IMDb, and this, I'm going to give credit to Reddit user 2701LHSV1855. I have no idea what this dude's like Reddit username is. Like, that's that's what it is. Um, he did a breakdown of all the seasons and the averages and all that sort of stuff. King of the Hill peaked with season four. It had an average of 7.79 out of 10 per episode. And I think that that is pretty fair. I think you and I could arguably say that season four is one of the best, if not the best season of King of the Hill. I think we have two or three multiple blue flames in that that single season, right? So I'm just going to run these off. Uh, Decline and Fall of Peggy Hill, Char King, uh, or Imperial. Cotton's Plot, Imperial. Little Horrors of Shop, Char King out of you, Blue Flame out of me. Isle 8A, Blue Flame, or Total Blue Flame. Beer Can Name Desire, Total Blue Flame. Hanky Panky, High Anxiety, Nancy Boys, and Peggy's Funfair also were Imperials. As yeah. well as Won't You Pee My Neighbor, which was a double blue flame. So, yes, I think it's safe to say that Season 4 is the best, but also I would caveat that on our end with Season 13 is our second best because of how many we had, because of how many Char Kings we had in 13. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. 
I love that. Um, sorry, just sec. Which is so one, two, three, four, and five with sirloin. So yeah, five char kings out of season thirteen, which is weird. That's insane, for, considering that it's the last season of a show. Well, but you know, too, we had some low lows with season thirteen too. You know, um, Earthy Girls are easy. You megalode, I bu kinged. Um, yeah. Bill full of dollars. You butaned. I mega load. Um, I charcoaled. Uh oh, Canada. Like season thirteen is a land of contrasts. I guess is it the is. best way to say it. It is for sure. Okay, well, Mark, we are to our final thoughts and roundups here. I sent you a list of questions that I myself yes. answered as well, and so we will start at the top here because I I think uh, you know it's important to note. These are Mark and I's personal opinions on how we've done this show and how this is going to continue going forward, right? Like, um, now that we've finished this grand experiment of watching and analyzing, deep diving into all of these episodes, there's some questions we have to ask. The first one being, yes. who is our standout character of the series? Who would you say is your standout character, Mark? Now, when you say standout, you mean like the one that I like the best or the one that made the most impact on me or how are you? Um, because so, and, and I, and I ask you this because, so what's the biggest standout to me? Well, her name is Luann Platter. And remember how I was in love with her about two years ago, John? Cause I do, I went back <laughs> yeah. and listened to some of those episodes. Um, listeners, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to talk so much about wanting to have sex with an 18 year old animated girl. I guess I did. Didn't mean to though. My bad guys. So like, that's the biggest standout of this rewatch to me is like, I used to hate Luann and now I love her. Um, the other big standout to me is I really I think my favorite character of the series is consistently, and we can go back and I can cite multiple episodes where this is the case. It's Peggy, man. I love mm. Peggy. Like she may be my favorite character in the show. She is the most, I think she exhibits the most growth. She has the most to overcome. We see her doing the most things. And I also think she gets a very, very unfair amount of hatred and I'm not really sure why and I spent this project trying to pin down why and I started that a couple seasons ago and you know you, yeah. know, you can go back and look and I go you know John I think this is where we deliberately get bad written Peggy and like dude we had theories about Peggy for for months there I, we would talk about bad brain Peggy versus good brain like yeah I, I mean pound for pound like if we ran all the dangle through an AI but and told us to pick out all you know anytime we mentioned a character, I guarantee you Peggy is at least in the top. I'd say eighty percent of mentions. Like okay, or she gets you know the most airtime at least out of me. I think that's fair. That's a it's a good fair assumption here uh, or assertion I should say not assumption. Um, no, I like that. I really like that you saw character growth and you uh, you grew an attachment to Luann specifically. And then that just got completely blasted, obliviated, like out of the water. You know, mm -hmm. the, it, it's a, it's a weird thing to say. You got to see a character die in real time, but guys, you can, you can look in real time and see how love for a character can die really quickly because they're written poorly with Luann. Um, mm -hmm. and you can also see, just how unfairly certain characters are treated. And this happens in every TV show, not just King of the Hill, with Peggy, right? Um, 
I think uh, for, you guys know that Mark and I are big Simpsons fans. I think Marge Simpson gets a, a very similar treatment. People don't want to write for Marge. They don't want to do anything with her because she's seen as like the booby prize. And they don't want to they don't want to have to write about right. the mom of the family. Because how do you write about the mom of the family without just talking about three specific things? Um, they The depth of Peggy Hill is insane. And I'm really glad that you brought her up as a standout. I tried to, with my standout characters, I tried to stay outside of the Hill family. And I, I did that intentionally because we get a lot of growth within the Hill family because they're the, obviously the main characters. Hank, Bobby, uh, Peggy, and for all intents and purposes, Luann, because she is in it a lot, especially the first half here. Um, we see a lot of growth out of them because they're the namesake of the show. They're the main characters. So I tried to pick right. a, a character that was, he was not in a main capacity here, but he's been around a lot. And my standout character of this series is Dale Gribble. Um, okay. My thought process here was it was either him or Bill. And Dale not only gets memed more, he's more beloved. He's got a greater impact on story structure in the long run. Um, Dale mm -hmm. has more depth for me. And that's what makes him stand out. You could do an entire episode about Dale Gribble and still have it feel like it's a King of the Hill episode. You can do an entire episode of of one of his like weird hatch schemes and everything else. He could be the, the you could never see Bobby, Peggy, uh, Hank, any of them. In this, and it would still feel like a King of the Hill episode. Um, I feel like Bill is very one-dimensional, and that's why I, I just couldn't get on to him. Right. We, or two-dimensional, we'll say. Bill is either sad or he's happy. You have an episode where Bill is happy or where he's sad. Like, oh, he he's, only he's has... He's the punch down. We just can only is. punch down on Bill. Like... He absolutely is. And they, they turn him into, into that very early on, and they just kind of rode that as long as they could and rode him in as many different ways as they could of, like, cool. We had some really, really cool, impactful episodes with Bill, and it didn't change his character. And that, to right. me, is awful. Like, it, it makes it so that you are castrating your character, essentially. So, uh, but for me, like, well, the you know, standout... Too, I, I think back to, like, Square Peg and shit like that, and I'm, there, there's yeah. a joke that they make when Hank is trimming that tree, and Bill goes, I think old Sigmund Freud has something to say about that. And we, we got mad at it because it's like, that line is too smart for Bill. Yeah, and I mean, by episode three, we pretty much already established. No, no, Bill's just gonna pant load. Like, that's it, Rick and Morty meme. What is my function? Oh, you're a pant load. Oh, like, yeah, no, you're you're the you're the dumb redneck. You're the dumb fat redneck that gets drunk every episode. That's what your your whole thing is. You get drunk in a show you about fat drunk rednecks. Or... You're the fattest drunkest redneck. Yeah. So I don't know. So Dale was my standout <laughs> character. He's the one that I feel. Um, had the most impact okay. on the show outside of its main character. So I guess side character. So, so I, I guess tangentially. To, well, no, not really, because Luann's still. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah. Um. What else you got for standout characters here before we move on to our next question, buddy? No, I'm done. I, I'm done to move on. I think that works. You good? Cool. Uh. So our yeah, next yeah, question yeah. here then was, who was our unexpected hero and who was our unexpected villain of the series? I didn't realize what an asshole Ted with Sana song was. I always kind of knew, <laughs> but this really cemented it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely your villain? Um, yeah. I don't have an unexpected hero. Like, nobody resonated with... Does that... I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't... 
Actually, no, dude. You know what? Again, I think I got to come. I'm sorry. I'm kind of parsing these out of my head and I read them this morning, but like, I'm also now kind of reflecting now with the entire scope. Again, I got to say Peggy, man. Like, interesting. Good woman, good wife, loves her husband, loves her kid. She is always there, always supportive. Like, Hank, you never chartered a bus for me, no matter how many times I asked. Well, (laughs) I, I don't know. How about you, man? What, who stood out to you? Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, I took this in a little bit of a different fashion, and basically it was who was going to um, unobtrusively save or, like, make me hate an episode. I guess I probably should have just said that instead of hero and villain of the series. Um, so my heroes of the series were Oh, well, work. if we're saving and hating an episode, like, yeah, Lucky shows up, it automatically tanks the episode <laughs> by at least one letter mark, yeah. Yeah, I have dropped. I have docked ratings before based on Lucky's like single lines in an episode because I hate that fucker. He's so egregious, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So my, my based off of that, you know, my heroes for these for this series. Um. Anytime Jimmy Witcher or Octavia shows up, it's gonna be a good episode. Episode. Like, ooh, Jimmy am, Witcher's a good one. Yeah. I am almost. I mean, you and I, we gush about Octavia. We know that he is. He's our gal Friday. He's just always going to be there when we need him and all that sort of stuff. But Jimmy Witcher was my like out of left field call of, you know what? Every time he shows up, I'm pretty much going to be invested in the episode. Like I will at least enjoy it because Jimmy Witcher is a weird guy, but he's fun as hell to watch. Um, And my villains, Mark, I bet you'll never know who my villains are. (laughs) The manger babies. Oh, they didn't make a. Uh, they, no, they didn't make the cut. Actually, um, I would say Buck Strickland and Carl Fucking Moss. These characters, these two what? characters, are beyond. What Carl Moss? You've never talked about not liking I, him. Their stories always are just rage-inducing for me. It's yeah. really hard to watch them because nothing about either of those characters are likable. And I will go I so far as to say that the two-parter with high anxiety. I don't know if I would watch that again. I think when you and I watched it initially, I would say I would watch it again, but I don't know if I would because I fucking hate Buck Strickland. It helps that he is not a big piece of that episode, but even still, he is such a linchpin in there that I'm like, I cannot stand you. You are so shitty to everybody else in Arlen. You take and take and take and take Oh, he's a terrible human. Yeah. And Carl Moss does the same thing. And it's really hard to watch any episode where they have more than one line. Hmm. So... Um, with, well, you know, and now as you and now as you mentioned that, I'm kind of playing back all the um, Buck episodes and like, yeah, the Buck stops here is really funny. You know, Bobby going golfing with Buck, that's yeah, great. But like, yeah. then like, there's some of the worst episodes or Buck episodes, like um, uh, 24 hour propane people. Um, yeah. What is it? A fistful of strip clubs or whatever the fuck it is? No, that's the same episode. I'm sorry. Um, that it's the other one. It's the other Buck one. That doesn't matter. I fuck Buck. I we don't think like, you're right. We don't no, like Buck Strickland. I think Buck Strickland and Carl Moss were only ever intended to be side characters. If they are only ever going to show up during the B plot, I'm okay with that because the ostrich episode is very funny. Fun with Jane and Jane. I'm oh, in for it. Oh yeah, that's the it's perfect true. amount of Buck, even though he has more than one line. Like, that's it. That's all I need to see. Like they were never yep. intended to be a showcaseable character, but you you run a season or you run a show thirteen seasons long, and you're gonna have to eventually start doing episodes around 
Apu and Kent Brockman and all these other fucking weirdos that live in Springfield. Why not? Do Let's it with be clear, Buck dude. I really like the Apu episodes of Simpsons. I like, I like when Apu he has the octuplets, and then I like when he cheats on Manjula with a squishy girl. Like, yeah. Who's your favorite Simpsons character, John? Because they feature in this episode, in this show about King of the Hill, almost as much as the King of the Hill cast does. God they damn, really do. I'm sorry, and, the worst. and it's Molmar Sislak. That's my favorite. He always will be. He's just hilarious. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> I liked him as Kid um, Presentable. <laughs> Finally, he was Kid Gruesome, and then Kid Mo. Um, Kid Mo. Mark. Kid Mark. Mo. Who needed? Who needed one yes. more episode? Which character deserved one more episode? I know that I keep bitching about her. No, I don't want Luann to get her come up and I don't want anything to happen to Luann. I'm mad okay. that Luann exists still, I guess. No, that's a bad one. Who do you want? Who do you, you start one? Who do you want to see? Yeah. Uh so initially I wanted to say Gilbert. Um I think that's my gut reaction mm. because I love both of Gilbert, both of Gilbert's episodes are blue flames for me. Uh, it's really hard for me not that to just true. say, why not? Why not give me more of a drunken, sassy, gay Cajun? Like, I need that. I need that in my life. I absolutely want to see more of this. But I think in reality, it would have taken away from some of his luster. Uh, I think one more Gilbert episode, and I wouldn't appreciate the other two as much as I do. I probably wouldn't have yeah. Blue Flamed uh, Blood and Sauce if I had another Gilbert episode. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, it was such a treat to get him one more time. Fair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so initially I wanted to say Gilbert. Um, I think when it now comes down to it, and I really, I hope I, I fuck you up with this answer. It's Connie. Okay. We lost Connie like two that. seasons ago and we never got her back. And I, I feel like we just got royally boned out of that because there is so much good shit that we could have done with a teenage girl. In that, yes, please don't take me out of context when I say that. Like, there are so many moments where Connie would have been a, a perfect addition to something that Bobby and Joseph were doing or, like, something that was happening in the alley, and she just isn't there. Well, she it, it kind of pisses me off because she was a staple for so long, and then Bobby and Connie yeah. got together, and then they broke up, and they kept her around, and I like that because, of course, you keep the girl, you keep your first love around because she's your goddamn neighbor. But then, like... You, you're right. We just lose her, and we don't. You're. I, I think that's a really good point. With she yeah. needs one more episode, just one, one or two more. I don't know what she's gonna do, but no. But give me. I want to see more. Connie become a horse girl. I want to see Connie be a horse girl. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I want her involved and then in I an a see plot. One more. Con episode. have to pull a Homer Simpson and like start working at the fucking quickie mart at two in the morning to pay for Connie's pony. That's what I want. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. So uh, there's there's my one more episode. What about you, buddy? Did you have anybody that really stuck out and was like, I really, I wanted one more episode with this character? I don't want another episode with them, but I need some closure. I need okay. to know what happened to both Jack and Layaway Ray. Interesting. Okay. I just, I don't know. I, I just, that's, that's me, man. I, I, we, we establish characters. What happens to them? I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here. Maybe it, it's not okay. that big of a deal that we just, like, saw Connie wander off into the, the sunset and, and go and do her thing. She is better than most of Arlen anyway, but I just, I wanted to see more of her. Well, we get so much Joseph. Like, the last episode with with Connie in it is that um, Crawl Space one, and I cannot think of the, that I can't think of it. Um, yeah. 
It's that John. It's that shitty John Redcorn one, right? When Nancy thinks about going back to him or something. I don't. I don't remember. Right. I cannot. No, I. I can that, only see the B plot with them in it. the crawl space. Yeah, but. But yeah, well, and no, you make a good point. Maybe that's why I'm like hankering for this is because we've had so much Joseph, in the last like season, and no, he got body. a whole episode. Like, yeah. So. Eh, whatever. Maybe I'm the only one, but Lauren, Tom, if you're out there, I wanted you to get one more episode to explore Connie with me and you didn't get it. And so, no, I just have to settle for Amy Wong. It's fine. Um, are we on to our next question here? Did I give you enough, enough time to kind of explore that topic? I think so. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that like, as we keep going through this, I'll like yell at you. Oh my God, John, this person needed another one. Um, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then our next one here, it's it might be a little divisive, but probably not. Uh, Mark, you and I had an, an exact total of how many double flames here? How many true blue flames? Five, right? Which is what you called, which is insane. Yeah. So we have five perfect episodes of King of the Hill, guys. These are the five that you show to anybody who is interested in King of the Hill. Um, but other than those five. I want to know what your favorite individual episode was. Because you had many other Blue Flames oh, solo, God. as did I. All right, so I'm just going to go back and crash course through our chart here. Actually, I don't need to crash course. My favorite one is um, Escape from Party Island. Okay. That one Interesting. is so damn good and enjoyable. Um, we got the amazing meme for this show out of Rockadillo. Like... Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah, I I really think Escape from Party Island is like my sleeper best episode of the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I can appreciate that. As somebody who like loves to just get drunk and silly with you and watch King of the Hill. Who need another episode? (laughs) Fucking Boomhauer's Rockadillo, that's who. (laughs) I was waiting for it. I knew you were going to come back to it. (laughs) Well, I went on a different track, but uh, on a similar thought process here of... Like, no, this is, this is just, this is what I need to sit down. This is very represent representative of the show itself. Right. And mm-hmm. are you shocked to know that mine is pretty, pretty dresses, Mark? I'm not shocked, but I'm disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Disappointed. I hate Oof. that episode. I'm sorry. I know you do. No, I know you do. And it's, but it, my reasons here, here, hear me out. Um, yeah, absolutely. There is. There is so much humanity and brotherhood that it, that shows up in that episode, right? It is very forward thinking. Um, I'm I'm somebody who works in a helping profession, right? The whole idea behind it is I need to stay empathetic and I need to to be there to hold space for people. And you know, everybody has a hard fucking day, and to look to a TV show that I find so much comfort in. And see somebody not only addressing this issue, but addressing it in a very friendly way. I, we, we should all be so lucky to have a friend that's like Hank in our darkest days. That's willing to get down there into the fucking dark, hit us at rock bottom, and meet us there. So that they can drag our asses back out and keep on fucking going day to day. Like, God, that is inspiring as shit. And I know I, I talk a lot of shit on Bill Dotrieve throughout this entire show. He's a fucking pant load. He's had a hard life and anybody who's been beaten down that hard has every reason not to want to keep fucking going. And yet we still have Bill Dotrieve because, well, it'd be dark as shit to have him kill himself, like actually follow through with it. But 
like there's just which would make a so better episode of King of the Hill. You take a thing that isn't funny and not to be made fun of, and you do it. Just saying. Yeah. But no, so pretty, pretty dresses like, and, and it's, I wanted to, I want to reemphasize, these are personal opinions here, guys. I, I understand that pretty, pretty dresses is, is very clearly not one of Mark's favorite episodes. And I understand that and, and fucking applaud that because it's not for everybody. Um, oh yeah. But I like the saga and that was your first charcoal. Like, yeah. no, I mean this, this up, no, this entire project has been you and I being assholes who think the world cares what our opinions are. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So, but no, pretty pretty dresses. That's that might be the one of the most impactful episodes of television I've ever watched. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Party Island. God, Party Island's so good though. In the long <laughs> scheme of things. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, we are to one. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this one with you, Mark. What is our favorite B plot? What is your favorite you all, B plot of this show? You know this answer. You've known this answer since we watched this episode. It's the miseducation of Bobby Hill when Bill DeBetrove goes through the Disney Pixar up catalog. Man, oh my fucking god! I like when to he go back a and Santa Claus. I like and... to go back and listen to that episode because you just talk shit about it, and I'm like, uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I got you. And then like, you know, keeping it real close to the vest. And then I just laid down my like unified theory of why this is the best Bill Dotrieve episode ever made. I love fucking hanging from the chimney. Santa. <laughs> yes, I'm Santa. Now go get help. Go get help. I'll give you Lands in the tree. What are you doing in our tree, S.A.? Hits him. And candy falls like it's... Walks back to the alley, beat to shit, disheveled. He's been tagged. I'm pretty sure his chest says Q bag, but maybe not. I don't know. Who cares? Like, (laughs) all right, who's got next? That is the best fucking B plot in this entire series, dude. Oh my God. What's yours? Uh, So I want to throw honorable mention here because I'm bringing this one up an awful lot to Sissi Nipa Un King of the Hill with Mm. Kneel Before Me Soft Shells. Because I bring that one up a lot as a, as a favorite B-plot of mine. But I had to stop and think about some of the ones that we have seen. And the one that consistently gets the most laughter out of me for one line is Bill, Dale, and Dale's Falcon. <laughs> where we find out that Bill <laughs> is yes. in fact a fool. <laughs> and it's Dale's line of, he found his way home. Spikes, oh my god. Oh, I forgot about Bill and the Falcon. Oh my god. So I'm really Ooh. glad that yours is Disney Pixar's Up because I oh. I had a feeling that's what it would be. And I get to pick the Falcon and Bill and Dale. Just, just getting it's, it's Guys, we get our own Team Four Star Bill Gets Owned count every that time Falcon we watch just that episode. wrecks that man like multiple. It's so fucking funny. I, oh, you're right. I forgot about that. There's there's so many good B plots out there. Like there's so many good B plots. I'm gonna I say really um, like Bobby on the Adderall. Amazing Jesus. Oh, Bobby on Adderall. Oh, Peggy Strudel's song is such a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's some milk that's about to go bad. There it, there goes. it goes. Yep. <laughs> and then fucking Luann takes it and she's like, I I rebuilt your carburetor. I did all the dishes. I started pickling and smoking some ribs. Yeah, it's great. Right? 
Um, the the uh, the pigeon trip scene with Boomhauer and Bill, where they're just like listening. Oh, to, Night and Deity. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Night and Deity, where they're just listening to music and shit and tripping out with the 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 lead pigeon guy. Like, we're yeah, gonna trip get sitting you through the this, pigeon. buddy. Um, Boomhauer getting sent to the booby hatch for the first time. Mm, okay. Naked ambition. Like, some, okay. God, there is so many good B plots in this show. It's really hard to pick a favorite until you realize that Dale and Bill end up somehow falconing together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, this is a good way to transition to, Mark, what is your favorite slash best quote of this series? What is, what is the King of the Hill line that gets you every time? Oh, man. I don't even know, dude. Like... I, yes. I'm a big fan, you know, if nothing else, I've gotten to for two years in a row now on 420. I post that picture of uh, Hank Hill holding the bag of lawn clippings and going, why would anybody do drugs when they can cut grass? And so I just always yep. post happy 420 of those that celebrate, otherwise enjoy mowing your lawn. And like that's given, I got a lot of traction out of that quote, I guess, so to speak. Um, actually, you know what it is? Um, this goes, this predates Dangle Podcast. This predates a game that you and I used to play in college called You Laugh, You Lose, where we would make the other one, we would try and break the other one. <laughs> oh, and, no. Uh, uh, a, frequent, um, a frequent quote was spouted out of Pretty Pretty Dresses. Why do you keep calling me Bill? That's a great one. <laughs> that is a really good one. But my follow-up oh, to lose. that would be from fucking Khan when he sings Don't Fence Me In. Um, I don't, I just, John, that, that quote of Khan saying, don't fence me in. And then me and you singing, don't fence me into each other throughout college. Don't fence me in. Like that was so integral to you and I as, but like, that was like, it was like a keystone of our friendship, like a small keystone. Yes. But like still a keystone therein, And like. Yeah, I think that is my favorite line. It's Colin singing, don't fence me in. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. Amazing. Oh, also, I okay, laugh so... at Tony Danza. <laughs> I, I laugh at Tony Danza. I laugh at Tony Danza. Okay, so I, I got to say, honorable mention to the B-U-Boo, B-E-B, B-I-B-I-B-O, B-I-B-I-B-O. Because that is just, uh, really, it's unfair. It's unfair that a firefight and we will go can't just be an entire quotable episode. Because it would be. It'd be that whole fucking episode. Yes. You know, I want to dis- I-, I want to dispute last night's ping pong match. You can't play the ball off Bill's head. Or, <laughs> gentlemen, Chet Elderson died. <laughs> just total rip ass. Oh, for Christ's sake. I christened uh, so the Chet Elderson firehouse. Yeah, that's that whole episode is is up there. But buddy, I gotta say, one of my all time favorites is another one that I used to just I would get you to laugh and then you would lose. And yep. you know, it has to start with you going, "Yup, <laughs> get lost, Bill." <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the lice episode, and it's the the. The level of anger and hatred oh. in, in Dale's voice. Oh, Get yes. lost, Bill! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many. There oh, are yeah. so 
many in this in this series. Um, we we haven't even gotten to, like I'm astounded that in an episode of a finale here that you and I haven't even mentioned Cotton Hill yet because I don't oh. want to mention Cotton. He's no, nah, we he he we have given Cotton his due in this series. Like we have, we have. I believe we even have listeners who enjoy our terrible Cotton impressions. That's how much fucking screen time <laughs> Cotton gets out of us. Like, um, right. but so yeah, I guess to that end, what's your best one? Because if God cared, he would have opened up your sissy shoot. That is the best Cotton line. <laughs> Sody pop. <laughs> I must over reminisced and brought up my pain water. Uh, no, so my all-time favorite King of the Hill, like, or not King of the Hill, but cotton line specifically and i use this way more than i should considering there's only two people that live in my house and it is somewhat offensive but luckily my my loving loving and beautiful partner understands i'm quoting something and not actually referring to her as this is she'll get a 10-4 manimal way more than she really should oh it's such a good one (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Oh, man. Uh, okay, now that we're talking about Cotton, who is de facto not a main character, but almost a guest character. Mark, who is yep. our best guest star in King of the Hill? Uh, uh, Snoop Dogg is Alabaster Jones and Willie Nelson as himself and Polly Shore as muse- MTV DJ slash Rockadillo. In that Ooh. order. Interesting. I also have three and you hit one of them. Snoop is my oh. number three. So I think the fact that he makes it on both of our lists makes him number one. So good on I you, believe. Snoop. Um, Alan Rickman. Ooh, just like a woman. Okay. And uh, they get they get a combo because one doesn't work without the other. Diedrich Bader and Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So those those are my like. Ooh, oh, can every we time. can we sidebar? Can we sidebar and say that our favorite guest star is Diedrich Bader because anytime that Diedrich Bader shows up in, a, <laughs> in an episode, it fucking boosts our ranking, and I directly tweet at him, and he never cares about it. But still, yes, Diedrich Bader, we love you. Please, please, Oswald, come back to us. Also, <laughs> Dr- also, so also, much. dude, Drew Carey is such a good guest star. He's not in my backhoe. A, oh my god, such, such a good, a perfect si- fucking. Three points. One off. Yes. Oh, dude, just one off character that has never seen or heard from again, but is so impactful. That is such a great episode. Oh, Hal. Oh, force him out for Hal. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, shit. Okay. So also, I'm sorry, really quick. Okay. So years ago, fucking years ago at this point, I started making a list of shit to watch out for here to see if it ever comes back. And you know what never came back? Andy Maynard. Andy Maynard never reappeared. And he likes a Sunday, even on a Monday. Even on a Monday. <laughs> Mark, this is a great time for you to unpin that list and tell me what, what it is we've been tracking or what, what it is that we, you and I were supposed to have been tracking that we fell off of. All right, so um, one of them was we had a running theory that anybody that appeared in Office Space also shows up in King of the Hill. Um, okay. But Ron Livingston didn't, and neither did uh, Samir. That's true. That's true. Yep. But a lot of other people did. They all did. Um, I don't think John C. McGinley did, but outside of him, they all all the others did. We kept an eye out for Bobby Sunday School shenanigans. So, like, when Bobby being in Sunday School led to evil, so, like, the amazing Jesus and so forth. 
Right. Um, Dale fence jumps. <laughs> we saw an awful lot of Dale, like, hopping the fence. Yeah. yeah, And I, we were pretty good about calling those out. Um, and then Bobby hearing Hank say, excuse me, Bobby hearing Hank say, I love you, and him not hear, like, what? What'd you say, Dad? That only yeah. happened one time. It only happened once. Right. That was a dumb one to put out. Um, but then I also have at 50 minutes and 54 seconds, retro reference rage sound cue. I'm sorry. I never made you a retro reference rage sound cue, John. Um, <laughs> That's okay. to number 52, 56 and JB cook episodes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Oh, I don't. I don't want to take this down. It also has our like it has a rating in the corner there because like when we started this, I was afraid of fucking it up and. You can leave it yeah. up, buddy. No one's gonna. No, call I'm gonna. You out on it. No, no, no. I know. I just I'm looking at it and like, there's not a lot to it, but, but there it is. You know, it's been on my it's been on my fucking wall for, for two years. That's. Goddamn. Um, how do you search in this fucking Google Doc? I want to look up JB Cook really quick. <laughs> Control F. In um cells? Oh yeah, it is in cells. Okay, cool. So JB Cook only wrote one episode, Soldier of Misfortune, apparently. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was on the list to keep watching for, so I don't know what that was. Well, about. I know he was so he was a staff writer for a long time, and I think that's what you and I were looking forward to see if he did any other solos. But I think that right, was the only right, one right. he got. Right. Okay. Well, damn. Interesting. Well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different characters in Arlen Wright, and mm-hmm. you and I've grown quite close to not just the Hill family and the rest of the people on Rainy Street, but all of the citizens of Arlen. And Mark, I have a question for you. Okay. If you could pick one character to go out and have a meal with in Arland, where do you go? Who do you pick? And what do you want to talk about? Um, so I am going to the panhandler with Dale. Okay. And I'm going to eat that big old steak and I'm going to pick his brain about all things conspiratorial. We might even do like an impromptu two wizards just right there. As I eat five pounds okay. of meat, but then, but then the waitress can go. Can I get y'all anything else? And simultaneously, we will look at her and go, Jennifer. I haven't received my croutons yet. <laughs> Thank you. How about you, buddy? You're gonna fill up on bread. Um, mine was Cotton Hill. I want to go and have a meal with Cotton Hill, Mark. We're going to have okay. barbecue at Sugarfoot's because I'm not a big barbecue guy, or at least I didn't think I was till I went to Kansas City, and I realized, okay, good barbecue is worth the wait, and it's worth the trip. So we're going to Sugarfoot's, and I want to hear every single story. I want to hear us every story about all 50 men he killed. I would I'm do that, I'm going to turn that yeah. shit into a book. Cotton would be a cool dinner, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love hearing about that sort of stuff anyway. I just recently lost uh, lost a grandparent that was alive during World War II, and so it's like, oh, there's shit you can never get back, but hot damn, if I ever got the option, I would definitely, definitely go and, and pick Cotton's brain about his war stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so 
Um, I feel like this is a good place that you and I can kind of, uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a, a personal rating here. Well, right? so, so wait, before um, we move on, who's your, okay. Who's yeah. your worst, who, okay. Worst meal, worst date. What are you eating? I'm at the Arlen barn with Nancy eating a meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm going to say anywhere that's got an unlimited, you can eat like, like unlimited buffet option with Bill. So like pea soup Swenson's because he's just going to eat the whole time. I'm never, not even actually going to get a chance to talk to him. But, but wouldn't you gain a deeper understanding with this man because you're also at the all you can eat place. So you want to see how you can stack up to the pant load. I mean, maybe, maybe it's like, that's a moray with Bill. Cause Bill is ab- absolutely like the one person I don't want to go have a meal with because it's either oh, I don't be want really to watch him eat. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. I'm going to get disgusted, but I mean, I guess that's a moray would be a terrible place to go with Bill. I'm not going anywhere romantic with him. Okay. Okay. Oh, I take it back. I take everything back. The fucking New York deli. And my guest is Clark Peters. The showbiz deli with Clark Peters. Thank you. Showbiz. Thank you. Yes. Because like, it's just going to be like fucking gross, cold New York style deli food and Clark Peters snotty ass. I don't know why it's called chopped chicken liver, but I really like it. I wonder what's in it. Like, it's going to be that. Also, can you just give me any line as Clark Peters one last time, buddy? Uh, sure, Mark, because you don't know how to open the hydrants. But, Mark, I have a feeling we're about to get very, very wet. And you, sir, disgust me. <laughs> Let's talk about our first half of King of the Hill versus the second half of King of the Hill. I think there's a very clear division here, right? We have a lot of writers that departed after season five, season six that were with it from the beginning. And, you know, like we, we stopped seeing people like the Allens and stuff oh, like the that. Allens. And then we get into this. Abel and Burger, right? dude. This, you, Abel and Burger. Exactly. Um, oh, we've got people man. like Dotri that stick around the whole time. But then we get, we get the rise of other people like Sanjay Shah and, and stuff like Gamma that. Gamma so and Lobo I show felt, up more often. Yeah. I felt like it was imperative that you and I talk a little bit about where we want to rate the first half of this season, what's considered the golden era of King of the Hill, versus the last half of this season that most people that would look at it and go, this is probably not very good, but I think you and I can make the argument that at least the very last season is pretty fucking solid. So, um, Mark, first half, um, and we'll, let's use our patented rating scale for this, right? Okay. Cold of Blue Flame. Um, what do you think of seasons one through six? You don't have to do individuals. You can do like you can lump them together as just a, a half, but what do you think of this first half as far as as TV is concerned? Right, we're putting this up against The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, South Park, um, American Dad, any TV show you really care to watch. Right. Well, so I'm looking at it right now. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of make. I just don't want to misspeak. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I don't know, I, I, I can't imagine we have any fan that's so, like, fanatical, like, but Mark, you fucking said that you hated season four, episode six, because of this, you know. Um, no, I would, no, I would come down firmly on seasons one through six, the King of the Hill should be at least, at least a butane, 
but not high enough to be a Char King, so it'd be a Bu King. I would put seasons one through six of King of the Hill at a Bu King. There are some really, really high highs in there, but then there's just some in there that are like. I'm so I'm trying to look like look at the like worst ones here. So like Peggy's Magic Sex Feet, you charcoaled, I Char Kinged. Um, <laughs> Happy Hank's Giving, I Megalotained, you Char Kinged. Yeah, I think I'm just. Ang- I think I'm angry. I think I'm angry. Slide of Hank was a megalotane for, or or, or was a, no? Sorry, our rating is a megalo when we both megalo it. <laughs> These right, are also right. okay, but so it's also kind of interesting. These are the most I don't want to say consistent, but consistent with ratings between us. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I would. Imagine so just looking here at tools. C- yeah, so looking here at season three, um, they call it Bobby Love was an Imperial. Peggy's Headaches was a, a two-tane. Next to Shin, uh, Peggy's Pageant Fever, both two-tanes. To Spank with Love, three coaches and a bo- or the three coaches of Bobby Hill, two-tane. Um, Death and Texas, two- or Death and, yeah, Death and, tax- <clears throat> Death and Texas, two-tane. Take Me Out of the Ball Game, two-tane. But then also Wings of Dope, Revenge of the Loot Fist, Dogdale Afternoon, Love Hurts and So Does Art, Deconstructing Henry, which I think is my favorite con episode, um, and good hill hunting, and they call it Bobby Love. All of those are Imperials. So it's safe to say that season three is the best season of King of the Hill, based upon For you us and I. At least, yeah, 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 yeah. And but but then but then but then but then. So like I already named off you know the season four and everything, but that one too, we are very reflective of each other's ratings. Right. Um, you know what we it looks like, like I guess is the is the line here. I guess so, but I mean, we're like, we are so close throughout. Like, Hillenium, you butaned, I bukinged. Uh, not in my backhoe, I butaned, you charkinged. Like, the biggest discrepancy is Happy Thanksgiving with the charking and a megalotane. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, no, that's okay. not No, I'm sorry. The biggest discrepancy is Peggy's Magic Sex Feet, charking, charcoal with you. But yeah, I. <laughs> also, dude, how badly do you miss mispronouncing Jonathan Collier's name? Call yay, call your. I, you know, quite a bit. I'm really God, sad miss- that he never added us on Twitter, so. <laughs> no, no, hey, uh, up until now, none of the writers know that we exist on Twitter, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably better. I Just because you know it'd be fucking, like, Tony Gamalobo that shows up and, like, I'm doing a really cromulent episode and you guys are dicks. What have you written? I'd be like, dude, meet me out back. We'll go talk. Bring fucking Rebecca May to the flagpole at 3 p.m. and we're going to fucking talk about this. All right? How about that? <laughs> right. And then we're going to go fight in the middle school parking lot. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm I'm surprised to hear it's it's a buking from you for that first half. Because it's really good, it's also a good establishing middle of the road, but like you couldn't rate it in uh, you, I don't think you can go higher. I don't think you can reach charking level. It's it's enjoyable TV, but it's not that good. And like, there's a lot more butanes than there are char kings. You know, like if we're looking at purity here, okay, like the law of averages and shit. Like it's probably closer to like a, a megalotane in scale of rating. But yeah, I, I would give it a char king. Yeah, or char t- or Inter- buking. Bu-king. Sorry, I for, I am so excited to not have to worry about cute ratings anymore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just you wait, buddy. Just you wait. We've got more shit coming up for sure. Um, ah, dabble do so, me. Tell you what. Uh, so my season one through six rating is a Char King. Um, okay. 
I feel like this is this is if you're only gonna watch half of this series, only watch the first half. Um, if you're only going to invest in a hundred episodes of this series or even fifty episodes of this series, make them the first fifty. Um, I think that you're going to get a, a better explanation of who these characters are. You're going to get a more complete vision of what King of the Hill and Arlen is like. Um, from the first half of this season or first half of the series than you are from the second half. I think the writers give, give more of a shit. They have more to play with. They have more fun ideas to kind of screw around with. And they're, they're less constricted. It feels like, uh, it's like early Simpsons. It's really hard to fight anybody on the fact that the first nine seasons of the Simpsons are damn near perfect. Like and the Josh Schwartzwalder like, and Conan O'Brien seasons. Yeah. And, and those are those are in a league of their own. Exactly. Um, I think you can say that about season three and season four of King of the Hill. They're the standout seasons of this entire series. Like, if you want to rate just the two of those, you'd be hard pressed to not call them a blue flame. Like between Abel and Berger and Paul Lieberstein and the Allens, like we had some fucking yeah. powerhouses on this show, like in the beginning. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. So I, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's not the most fair thing to say, hey, a show is going to naturally decline, but like they, they replaced the writing team and put new blood in there to kind of keep it going and to inject these new ideas. So I think it is kind of fair to put the second half versus the first half. Um, Absolutely. For the second half, I gave it a butane. Okay. Seven to 13, I gave a butane, even with a really like hot and cold, but sometimes very hot and sometimes very cold season 13. Um, the, the last half of this series is watchable TV. It's not must watch TV. I guess there's the I distinction would, for me. I would agree with that. And as I'm looking back at this, number one, why the hell did I rank Dale be not proud as an Imperial? I didn't like that episode. <laughs> I mean, I did. It was fine. But goddamn, dog. Also, I'm sorry. J.B. Cook also wrote Mrs. Wakefield. So, oh, okay. Already okay. been That's voiced by my own Leon Petard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. He also wrote Mark, The Year of Washington Dangerously. Why are you acting like such a drooling But he. Okay. Okay. So here's you want you want your fucking drooling nincompoop. Did you remember that we imperialed Hank's bully? Also written by J.B. Cook. <laughs> I remembered that we imperialed it. Yes, I didn't realize J.B. Cook was the author. Apparently, the uh, find function only works if you spell it the same way every time. And hey, turns out Mark oh. is inconsistent at best when it comes to spelling and sometimes capitalization. The capital. Every now and then. But hey, I think we can both come down and say that it's no worse than you know Craig, who's so bad at writing episodes that we for we choose to mispronounce his name so yeah fuck that guy so okay i know that we've kind of talked about this quite a bit but like writing teams we can still just come down and say that tony gamalobo and rebecca may are our worst writing team in this series right i think so um and it's it's not to say that we don't appreciate the stuff that they do, but if it's a Gamma Lobo and May, you and I are usually not going to like it. I don't think it's as, as solid a representation of King of the Hill as it could be. Like, empirically, we usually just two-tain them. Like, that's yeah. the highest they get is two-tains. I mean, it's average. It's average TV then. And, I mean, yeah. if you're okay with average, bees get degrees, right? Um, that's, that is what it is. If that's their job, like, hey, we're writing to get a paycheck. Congratulations, you got a paycheck. I don't hate this episode. But 
you're not adding anything to the King of the Hill lore. You're not going to make me come back. And you're making it so that I'm, you know, this, this show is not going to have as long of a shelf life as it could. If you're not going the extra mile. Yeah. And I just, it's just so weird to me because they, again, same thing with Jim Dotry of like, they've been here the longest. So you think they would know better and they don't seem like they do. Right. I don't know. But I think we can also come down on the side of the Allens are our best team. I think so. Um, and if not the Allens yeah. and um, Abelenberger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's it's really hard. Like, I guys, we don't want to live in the past, right? But we do want to no. live in the past a little bit. What I would do for what I what I would kill to have the Allens or Abelenberger or Paul Lieberstein come back for the finale and help write that, like. The finale itself is really good. I love to sirloin with love. Yeah. But I don't know. What would this look like, Mark, if we had the Allens write it? I don't... I don't know. Because you're right. I don't like comparing it. And I don't like looking... You know, yeah, it is so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. But, like... I don't know how it would look. I just think I might like it a little bit better better maybe i don't know i really think hot takes here but i think if you were to lose one staff writer it would have to be jim dotereve um which is hard because he also wrote um hanky panky and beer can yeah i think he might be the only one who's written two of our blue flames yeah and he's so hot and cold no, the Allens did too. Um, they did um, firefighting, and I just saw it. Where'd you go, you dirty bitch? Where'd you go, John? Oh no, that's Schuler, Sh- Schuler, and Krinsky. I I lied. I'm sorry. Oh man, Al Schuler okay. and Dave Krinsky, dude, they were so fucking good too. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's yeah. th- th- that is really cool. Like because you and I made a concentrated effort around episode four or five here to start, like as we were looking at these, like look at who wrote the episode. Like, of course it's always Mike judge and Greg Daniels. Yes. But like, that's because they're the creators. And it's like, do you really think Matt Groening writes episodes of Simpsons? Well, no, of course not. He looks at him and goes, yeah, that's great. And then he like counts more money. But like you and I really made a push to look at the writing staff of this show. And I don't know about you, but now I notice when I watch cartoons, um, especially American Dad. American Names. Dad is so incestuous with King, the King yeah. of the Hill crew. Um, fucking, oh, yeah. um, oh, God, they were just did one when fucking Francine goes crazy and adopts a bunch of babies and names one of the babies Tony Gamma Lobo. Like, little shit like this. I told you my theory <laughs> about how um, Bar Mitzvah Hustle, the main character, Aton Cohen, is actually Aton Cohen, this writer, King of the Hill, and they were just, like, Excellent. being shitty because at the time, the Allens were, like, two of the biggest producers on here. So they knew Aton Cohen and they were like, we know a guy hang on. This will be funny. And no one will fucking get it. Bam. Bar mitzvah. Yeah. Like that has been such a cool thing. I'm sorry. I know I'm really derailing here, but like, I'm also just like final thoughts and reflections. Like I have learned a ton through this project, John. Yeah, no. So have I, it's definitely been a, a growing experience for sure. Um, Mark, before we move on to our, our final question here, what did you rate, uh, season seven to 13? Did I ask you that yet? I don't know if you did. Maybe you did. I don't know. It's a megalotane. Um, right now, you know what? Fuck it. It's a straight okay. butane. They're fine. A lot okay. of these are middle of the road, but like 
There's also high, so really 13 season 13 completely queers all of our numbers because like there's so many fucking charkings in it that like yeah there's more than it has any right having but just that batch or just that season is so good and so bad at the same time it's hard to come at it objectively but I would say butane it's a very excuse me got the hiccups a very middle of the road but yeah. But you know what, too? There's some really... No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking back through these. There's some really solid episodes of King of the Hill in here. Like, I don't remember watching them, but I remember kind of talking about them with you. We gave Hanks on board. Like, okay, so season 10, the first four episodes are two Tanes out of us. Then a Char King. Then you gave Orange You Glad I Didn't Say Banana. Char King, I Bukinged it. Um, You got to believe in moderation. You Butaned, I Bukinged. Little things like... um, Business is picking up might be the most divisive. You charking, I megalode it because I got really sick of Hank there. Like, okay, there is such a weird dichotomy in season ten. Season ten seems like a turning point, and I think it's because they realized they they weren't sure if they were going to keep getting renewed or not. Well, right, but that's what you would, but that was what we came down on initially is they had gotten renewed for two more seasons, and then they re re renewed season thirteen. And so the consensus was that season 13 was our, like, one-off episodes where, like, we're just on borrowed time so no one gives a shit. Right. Continuity's out the window. You have characters. Go write it as you will. Hey, also I want to ask you, speaking of writing it as you will, is there an episode you didn't get the... Okay, so, like... Okay, how do you do this? You know how Community will, like, pause its action and just do a single episode devoted to one thing and completely independent of everything else? So, like, okay. to that end, is there an episode of King of the Hill you wish you could have seen? What would it be? And I'm, I'll just start you going here. I want to see Cotton and his um, uh, VFW buddies. I want to see the progr- I want to see that story. No, you know what? How I Met Your Mother does it better than that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, so <laughs> How I Met Your... No, so the one I think about is, like, the one where um, How the Mother Met Everybody. And, like, it goes back and talks about how the mother has been tangential to the plot the entire time. And it does not in one episode. I want to see Cotton Hill and his boys post-war into the 60s, into the 80s, and then into the present. And, like... I want to know why they're buddies. I want to know the shit they get into. I want to know why Buck Strickland used to hang out with Cotton and he's funny, but he's the mean kind of funny. I want to see that episode. I want to see them doing shit okay. together. Like I want to see Toppington be the real ladies man. And like what I, I just want that. I want just a, uh, just yeah. a single slice of life fucking filler episode of Cotton and his homies would be really cool to see. Nice. Okay. I also wonder like, so Bill, like, quit working for the army, right? Somewhere around season 10, like, somewhere around it's not over till the fat neighbor sings, and he just kind of quit peeing in the army. Right. Did he Did he discharge? Like, what happened? Did, did Bill get... That would be cool. I want to see Bill getting, like, discharged out of the army. He's been there for, what, 20 years since high school, give or take? Like... Right? Yeah, like... Going like, working for Jack or something like that? Yeah, but he's like, so he's only a sergeant. He's not a commissioned officer, I don't think, right? I think that's how that works. But, like, so he's not going to rank up any further. He's not going to get, like, an appointment anywhere. 
But we also just get Bill okay. not going to work. Was Bill honorably discharged? I want to watch that episode. I want to see what happens to Bill. Like, that should be... that. God, that would be the good leading the blood and sauces. Like, Bill is now out of the army. What do I do? I'm suicidal and sad. I'm going to reconnect with family. And there we go. Something something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> now I'm rambling. Now I'm just high on my own fucking supply of bullshit and excited. I don't know. No, you're good. I think no, that's a good question to ask. I think of wh- what episode did you never get to see that you always wanted to, and mine is different than yours because I love I, I mean I'd love to hear more and see more of Cotton and and his buddies. Um, for me, I want the long lost. Everybody got to go to to see the state football game match. Mm. I want to see everybody in high school. We never got a a like the way we were uh, Simpsons. Hank and Peggy and everybody all in high school episode, right? We had snippets. We had bits and pieces. We got to see Hank get mono and we got to see uh, little bits of football and like cutbacks and callbacks and all that stuff. But we never got a full episode of that. And so I absolutely would, would have loved. I, I would. I really would. I want to see. I want to see the sort of nonsense and silliness that the guys get into with Hank as their straight and arrow leader in high school. Because you know they're going to high school in the seventies, like, right? What what does that look like? What is everybody? I want to see a young Jimmy Richard. I want to see a young MF Thatherton. I want to see a young Buck Strickland just like cruising around, being as lecherous as shit, just twenty years younger, like. Well, but no, but Buck is still older than Hank. He's still what, at least better than fifteen years older than Hank. Exactly, and I want to see That'd him be... on the high school girls. God, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, to see Buck Strickland hitting on fucking, <laughs> hitting on fucking Peggy Hill in her softball uniform. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Or Nancy. Ooh, John, that'd be so cool. Uh, but no, that's that's my that's huh. my long lost episode. I always wanted to see you know early that like we we see so many of the people of Arlen as adults, and we get to see snippets of their backstories and and what their life was like in their peak, right? Which is high school. Dotrieff's peak is in high school. All this stuff. But I want to see I want to see a, Moss a chance to which yeah. is like, yeah, I want to see Moss Moss like just like, you know, six foot 20, like point eight percent body fat. Like, hey, I just got accepted to Brown, you guys. Well, all right, Carl, that's a really good high V league school. You're rich boy. Like and they give him shit about it. And yeah, yeah, I never coming back to Arlen, Hank. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever come back to this town, you know, I really fucked up bad. Um, <laughs> and then Jimmy Wichard and Carl dreader. Moss like both get little dreader and Tatum. I want to see Jimmy oh, Wichard before he oh, gets brain damaged. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Like that's the point is like Jimmy Wich. We see like Jimmy Wichard get remember the Titans and like he's like the valid. He's the valedictorian of Alan, of Arlen High, and then he gets like hit by a truck because he runs the stop sign, and then he now assumes the new Wichard. <laughs> now he now he smashes cans. Um, no, Hank, I'm going to join my grandfather this summer as we research nuclear fission. All right, I'll, I'll see you boys later. Tally ho. Yep. Tally ho, Jimmy. <laughs> He's a weirdo, right? <laughs> Car crash. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. And thank you. I'm in. Okay. Next. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Mark, we only have one other question before we kind of wrap this up and. No, and no, we don't. No, we it. got lots of more questions, right, buddy? We got lots more, right? It's not the end. This isn't a two hour long episode. Did. I wish we did. <sighs> but Mark, uh, we, we have to we have to end it sometime. And and now seems as best a time as any to ask you that all important question. Mark, 
Do you still love King of the Hill? <sighs> I don't know. Right now I do. I'm sure I do right now. Ask me in a week. Ask me in my next rewatch. Ask me in three years when you and I reboot the Dangle podcast to see. <laughs> because you know that in three years we'll be in like season 20 of King of the Hill because Fox is just no. Hell, you and I will probably be staff writers on the reboot reboot of King of the Hill. <laughs> but yeah. for right now, as I gaze into my crystal ball, I can only see me in the future enjoying King of the Hill, liking King of the Hill, recommending King of the Hill, and I dare say loving King of the Hill. Yes. How about you, buddy? Mark, I am I am happily going to rewatch this show over and over and over, probably until I no longer have the physical or mental or emotional capacity to feel anything. Um, you know, going through a project where you you deep dive into almost three hundred episodes of something, it's an endeavor. It is a yeah. long time to spend with one set of people in one town, and it's a lot of effort and and just work that gets put into this. And yet, after all of that, you would think I might be sick of this. No, I'm I'm so excited to turn that odometer, start over at the pilot, learn all about how Ford stands for fix it again, Tony, <laughs> and just live life in Arlen yet again one more time. I'm very happy. I Mark, I still love King of the Hill. I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, I don't even think a bastardized 14th season could ever change that. Yeah. Yeah, well, shit, man. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm so depressed I can't even blink. Um, shit. Here it is. Johnny, for the last time, do you want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy? They absolutely can always find you and I on the Dang Old Podcast. We are on lots of social media feeds, guys. We are still technically on Twitter, but we don't check it very often, so don't hit us up there. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We've got a group there, the Dang Old Podcast. We are on Gmail, dangolepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, guys, you can always reach out to me personally. I'm on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. It is the same handle on Blue Sky if you guys are over there. That's probably where we're going to transition a lot of our stuff to. Because yep. the High Hammock family resides on Blue Sky. We are High Hammock Radio. Um, yes, we Mark, are. where can they find you? And then we get to we get this really cool opportunity to tell people what our next project is when you're done. Oh, see, I was kind of hoping that we would leave, leave this like really ambiguous and like no one would know that we were coming back with something in the future. But I guess you're already <laughs> here. So number one, by all means, please go find us on our flagship, the the OG, the originating podcast of High Hammock Radio, the Two Wizards podcast, where me and our buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Or or you can go find us on the um, I can't wait to show my kid podcast. Johnny, did you know that? Um, today, when you and I are recording this, Monday the 12th, um, we released this little episode called a Dark Star that you happen to guest on. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I've had Benson, Arizona in my head for about a month now because we recorded that about a month ago. This is so long ago, but now that one is finally <laughs> dropping. Um, go find us there or, or, hey, um, God damn it, John. I just 
Here I am, John Q. Listener, and uh, I would love more of you and uh, of this Mark Jones and John Schneider talking about uh, uh, beloved adult animation classics, but now they're done doing King of the Hill, what's next? Question mark. <laughs> well, if you guys just can't get enough of Mark and I, you happen to like our repartee, you happen to like our hot takes, I don't know, you happen to like how stupidly silly we laugh at every stupid little joke in any stupid show we watch. You like the perpetual deep-ass cuts to The Simpsons, all the time, <laughs> always. You can check out Mark and I in our new series, we're keeping the dang old moniker here, but we are transitioning into a different show. We are going to be known as the Dangle Venture Boys because Mark That's and I right. are going to be analyzing week by week two episodes of the Adult Swim show, The Venture Bros. Guys, this is a little bit different than our, our current show. Um, this is one that I have significant amount of knowledge on and Mark has almost none. So... Please, feel free to watch along with us. We'd love to have you there if that's your type of bag, you know. I like to imagine that somehow, somewhere, you were watching a King of the Hill episode on Adult Swim at 2 o'clock in the morning, and you forgot to turn the TV off, and you weren't quite so tired, so maybe you caught an episode of The Venture Bros. So, hey, it seems like a logical transition to me. I don't know about you, but... Mark, yeah? uh, this is truly, truly been an honor. Um, I have loved every second of this, every every awful drink I've taken, every silly moment you and I've had in the think hole, um, every recut and supercut episode, or every <laughs> outtake we have from King of the Hill. Um, thank you again for for taking on this mammoth achievement of yes. 259 episodes of King of the Hill. I appreciate yes. you, buddy. Thank you for this. Yes, thank you, John. This has been amazing. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time here. I will look back upon this with only fond memories. Um, God, I... It's just a weird feeling, man. I don't know. Um, I'm sure, listeners, you are sick of hearing Chuck Mangione playing in the back because he's been playing for like 20 minutes at this point. But just once again, I want to take this time to say thank you to you for listening to us. Johnny, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this project with me. Thank you for letting me browbeat you into doing this. Because we tried this once, like in 2017, it didn't work. But apparently 2021 was a magical year. And goddamn, we... That is old magic that might one day be unbound. And in the meantime, listeners, again, thank you for being here. But I just... One more time would be remiss if I did not ask slash implore slash bequeath slash ensmoothen unto you the task. Go give this star, go give this show five stars, goddammit. We are good, we are compelling, we're the number one King of the Hill podcast in fucking Nordheim, Westphalia, Germany, and, and, and the entire state of Colorado. So that's like two states, and I reckon that <laughs> combining those two states makes us as big as the state of Texas, right? Give or take, maybe question mark. I don't know. I don't care. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell anybody that you know of the Dangle Podcast. Go light our beacon torches atop the mountains and know that the Dangle Podcast is a blue flame of valor that stood strong and said that Bobby Goes Nuts is a terrible episode of King of the Hill. But <laughs> God damn it, we will always remember that we have MF, that's right, many friends here in this endeavor to keep enjoying and watching and pursuing this adult animated classic by our god, king, lord, and savior, Mike fucking Judge. Amen and amen. Johnny, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Chuck Mangione, thank you. While Chuck plays us out, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you, everyone. <laughs>